Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And here we are for another week. We have officially gone past the first quarter of the season. Six rounds in the bank. The ladder's taking shape. We no longer have any undefeated teams, but we still have a winless team in the West Tigers. We've seen a couple of scores the last few weeks after everything being fairly tight, but overall it was still a tight round again. Uh, most games very, very competitive. Yep. Yeah, good good first quarter of the year. Outstanding. Here, here to what you uh, all of what you just said. Mm, it has been a very good season, and again, like we said, if uh, if it continues along this way and we get to that origin period, I and I've re- repeated myself every week. I honestly think this could be the best sort of finish in terms of that logjam to make the eight, let alone the top four. The origin period um, is probably going to have a bigger impact issue exactly because it's so much closer. As we've talked about, starting slow, some of these better teams, then the injury tolls you chuck in on top, which has continued. For some teams, uh, then take away a bulk amount of players. We know there's a few teams that are going to contribute more than others, which is usually the case. It's going to be a very, very interesting run home. Yeah, we've, definitely. Really. Most years we've sat here and talked about one or two teams or everything's basically been locked up. I think this time around we're going to be looking at a possibility of five or six teams shuffling just to get into a few spots, let alone the top four not being settled, which the last few years, as we know, similarly has been closed out with rounds left, so... Certainly not looking that way this year, and that's awesome for us and anyone who listens, anyone who loves rugby league. Definitely. Um, but let's jump straight into things. Fifth and last, brought to you by bluebet.com.au. Download the app today. If you're going to have a bet, do it with the true blue bookie. Charity account, bang, got another winner. Latrell into Souths, uh, 75 more into the bank, plus the couple I got last week and the week before that. We're now up to $468.32 for the charity account. So Good start. If the momentum keeps going. Um, we always say 1000 bucks. 1000 is always the goal, but yeah. I don't think we've ever had a start like this. We've generally no. oh, I, think, I think we have, but we flat-spotted through the middle of the year. But this streak at the moment, I've picked four in a row. Yeah. I had the extra one last week and split that and had the three wins. Got this one here, so that's four. Um, it'd be nice to be already over the thousand by midway. That'd be great. You didn't have Blacktown and New South Wales Cup six to one. Um, nice. They'd probably come looking for me, mate. They would. They yeah, would. So right. I'm smarter than that. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, yeah. I've looked at it once or twice at the odds and thought about it and thought, I don't know, mate. They last year, go. last year was where all the money was there to be made. Yeah, same deal. Couldn't bet <laughs> last year, unfortunately. So yeah. there you go. Uh, a few mates have made a fair bit of money though. Yeah. Just, well, just last year. They were, oh, you well, know, you're the, 10 to 1, you're 8 to 1 this mate, week. I'm, they, I'm getting on. They rock up and see the form and know what's going on. Yeah. And they actually watch footy like we do. It doesn't take rocket scientists to figure it out. If you look at the form line and look at the team listing, all right, well, if you beat that team, you get a good chance of beating this team. Yeah. They give him mass odds. It doesn't have to be a huge bet when you're paying 8 to 1. No. 
and need to put a 10 or a 20 and uh, you're walking away with 80, 160. A couple of cartons of beer, tank of petrol. It's not a bad time. Oh, yeah. There you go. Thank you, Bluebet, uh, for supporting that charity account as always. And fingers crossed we can come up with another winner this week. Let's jump into the Sinclair Hyundai set of six. Toby and the team there, corner of York Road and Bat Street, Penrith. Let them get you moving. SinclairHyundai.com.au. Tackle one box head. I don't want to spend too long on it because I know we went on about last year, uh, sorry, last week. It's got a lot of people angry. It's popped up again this weekend, but I probably more wanted you to convey what you said before on your definition of the hip drop is clear cut. There's people still arguing about what is, what isn't. I'm obviously a little bit frustrated because I've seen the Preston one where, to me, he's stripping the ball. He's landed barely on his ankle. I think it's an accident. Then you've got Sua who gets penalised but not Sinbin, but then them get charged. But Preston didn't get charged like... But you basically come out before and say it's, it's not as confusing as people are making I don't it think, I don't think it is. Cause, and as I said last week, I'm not trying to sound like the Oracle, but no. you watch enough footy, I, like I look at them and go, like, that's clear cut. That's an unnatural movement. So I just think it's, a, it's an unnatural movement from a defender who then attacks the legs of the attacker. That, that's as simple as the definition as I can come up with. There's ones that I see where guys get injured because, you know, a defender will make contact and then roll down to the hip and then roll down to the legs with their shoulder, which to me is a natural rugby league movement. So, you, so you, is... You mean so more like Phoenix Crossland on Tamara Martin from behind? I'm not going to use examples because this just, is where everyone go, goes, oh, there's no consistency. What about this one compared to that one? I just think you can you can watch it and, and just think, did that defender deliberately attack the legs of the player by losing his legs, essentially. I don't. It's I, I. We used to call it at Panthers. We used to call it caping, as in you just lose your legs and you act like a cape. You hang off someone. You. you it's called. That's what we used to call it, caping. And we used to. That was the the I guess the term that we used to say to players, don't cape. Like we don't want to see you caping. Um, I haven't been to a club since Penrith where they've had a term and a definition of it, and. The reason why they were they wanted to articulate that at Penrith was because they wanted they didn't want players doing it. Losing your legs is is not effective. Losing control of a tackle, Correct. all your power. And all of these players are ending up on the legs. The last place a defender wants to end up in a tackle is on the legs, particularly when the attacker finds his front, because you then most of the time, unless the two guys or one person who's got control at the top of the tackle has control, that defender is then going to be out of the next play. That's not effective defense. Okay, however, I think there's players that are getting into two-on-one tackles or even one-on-one tackles, and they're thinking, well, I I can't win this up top, but I'll tell you how I will win it. Chop. I'll I'll essentially lose my legs and drop my weight onto their lower legs. Mm. And... Which which I think you you, you should be able to do that. Mm. You should be able to do that, but not... By attacking their legs, their legs. What, what were you, unnaturally, I was, was going to say unnaturally this because I, there's natural ways to do that. Yeah, that's my point. I was about to make. I remember a few times, particular one of the guys who caught one last week, which I thought was uh, a hip drop, was the Ockenbore one on Tamalolo. Haven't played against the bloke. He's very, very hard to get down, but he positioned himself behind him, and the weight goes straight into legs. It didn't end up being, you know, b- bad in the end. Thank God, but it, it didn't look pretty. But I've had that before where you're behind somewhere like that and maybe you lose your weight to the side or you try to hinge from your hips and use the base almost like a squat to pull backwards and get your weight in there and find other well, ways we to We were always down. taught to trip. 
If you've got, well, if this, you've got control, right? This you're, is, you're allowed to. You're allowed to trip. And I was about to say, this is the one I saw last week, <laughs> where I don't remember who it was. Now, Marshall King got in trouble for one the other week, but I remember multiple no, times that, that wasn't a trip. No, that was like a. A le- python yeah. wrap on his but leg. I, I remember, similar to what you're saying, a few times, got someone like right shoulder, right foot, front on in your wrestling, and I've stuck my right foot in behind their leg and used them so, my weight to put them over my leg to drop them, to yeah, chop their my base. My opinion in. on the Marshall King one is he should have been sent off. Well, there you go. And my point is... like, that, so like I, think, I look at that and just go, that that is not natural. I think of examples... That is a deliberate yeah, action to try and... Yeah, but to cause injury. Because I look at the ones in the weekend and like the Preston one just blew my mind. No like, one's coaching that. I know he hit his foot or his ankle, but I just thought at no point there is he intending to do what he's done. The Preston one he's trying to was a hip drop, but it was not intentional. No, he, he ended up he ended up in the same position as a hip drop, but he was trying to strip the ball. He yeah. used all his weight and power on yeah. the run to try and take it off a hundred twenty kilo someone, man. That, that's accident. where yeah, I get that. It was an accident, but it's not a hip Definitely drop. Definitely an accident. Point. It's not a classic hip drop. He had, he just ended up in the same motion, the same position. This is the argument I'm making. You can. And then I, Dr. Demetrio. But that's like that's like saying, if you want to go to the Jordan Rapiner one, that you know that he that um, Tapia didn't make deliberate contact with his head either. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's another argument people have had on the weekend. So Some people about, thought that should have been a try. Some a, people, yeah. Have been a so it's about context saying, and well, understanding. He has a duty of care because he's coming in at that speed. But, but then others are saying, "Well, head, yeah." But right? then others are saying, "Well, Rapana drops his Whereas level and puts himself a, in we, that situation." We don't so. have a flat and fast rule for any contact but, with a lower leg deliberately. But it's almost but this wasn't deliberate. Yeah, but it's almost a blanket rule for most that all the benefit goes to the attacking team because everyone always uses that other example of, well, a shoulder charge. Or what about when an attacker shoulder someone in the face or does this or does that? I'm like, well, unfortunately, most of the benefit does go to the attacker. Yeah. So the fact that the press someone, I. I I, th- I thought that was ludicrous. It blew my mind. They binned him like, mm. and to be honest, I didn't. And I, I like, I've, I know I've, I'm certainly rowing in a different direction to most people with the with hip drop, and I'm completely comfortable with that mm. because I watch enough footy, and I like I look at him and go, "That's fuck. That wasn't there two years ago. Yeah, that wasn't I'll, even I'll there this said. time last year." I like coaching at a at a good level. I didn't see barely any of those hip drop tackles last year. No, I can't even remember. And I'm, like I'm watching, said, as I said last week, like near and close enough to 10 games a week. Plus, all the NRL games. So, close close enough to 20 games of footy a week, you you begin to be able to see them very blatantly, like what is a blatant hip drop. Mm. And there's not many of them. No. There's not many of them. I, but there's I, certainly more of them right at this point in time than what there has been in any time the, or any stage during our history of rugby league. Yeah, and the frustration is going to be, and I know we said it before, we're never going to get consistency, but to have so to stop talking about something it. like Preston's happen, and then I see Murray with one that I thought was a little bit questionable that doesn't even get flagged up. I'm like, well, again, you wonder why people get angry because they, to the point you're making... Yeah, but if you're getting you're, angry, you're a buffoon because you want consistency. You're, you're clear and defined in what it is. I think some people still no. don't know clearly what is defined as a I am. Yeah, That's me. And as we tried to explain, but what, it today, I'm, what I'm saying is, that... I, I don't know everything. I'm, no. As I said, I'm not the oracle. But I'm saying, in your people definition, people can make their own mind up. Yeah. But in my head, I like I, I go that that's a hip drop. And this is the point I'm making. Everyone's own interpretation mm. from ex players, coaches. Everyone seems to be absolutely scatterbrained all over the place. No one seems to be married on this. And that's, can, that's what's so interesting. It really simple. It's deliberate action to hurt the lower leg and of the, the player. That's the point I'm making. We need to get in an unnatural movement. We need to get to a point like that where we know it's not perfect, but it's more consistent as to what is hip drop. Hmm. And that's what's frustrating people. And it frustrated everyone again on the weekend. But 
I guess why... Even if you ask those people to define it, they wouldn't be able to. Exactly. But on tackle one, while we're here, I guess, yeah, that was the other one. People brought up that same again, the benefit of the attacker or the defender. What was In what regard? To, oh, we're talking about the tap-out one. So you were happy with that to be a penalty? Yep. Because a lot of people were going, oh, it was only because of the result. I'm like, well, to be fair, when, you, ru- when you run down with that intent, similar to what we spoke about last year with the Finucane coming in a million miles an hour and going face-to-face with someone, there's got to be some duty of care with the intent that you come in with. So if you're coming in flying I don't like that... Think it's, I don't think it's duty of care. I just, it's contact with the head. It is. It's accidental. Yeah. But other people's argument was, again, well, it's an accident. It should have been a try. Why, why, why did, wasn't that why did he drop up? the ball? Because of the name there. That's right. So there you go. People so, saying it, it's a try, that I, I don't know how they come to that. Conclusion. I just, again, it more surprised me that there was such a barrier. Because if he doesn't, like, again, doesn't smash him in the head, then he doesn't drop the ball. Mm. And it was horrendous. Again. And He's I thought, go and listen to what Ricky Stewart said. It was perfect. And it's an accident. What he said was perfect. Mm. Well, do you watch the press comments? Because I didn't. I only saw that oh, one part was, where he said watching. it was an accident and he hopes he doesn't get suspended. Yeah, but we, I didn't were, see we were having, there. obviously we played Saturday night, so I was having a late dinner Saturday night. My wife and I watched the, yeah, the end of the Brisbane game and then the, the um, yeah, the press conferences afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I, even Kev Walters, like, I thought Kev Walters handled it really well. They like they he didn't I didn't think Ricky Stewart tried to justify it because you see a lot of coaches when they get a good call they go in and try and justify it yeah and you hear another no coach go try to justify overboard the and complain about it I didn't think Kevin Walters complained about it at all Kevin knew they were outplayed that yeah night. and I did, and that was and that was not the excuse for them I losing. thought Ricky handled it well at all hmm. well we'll leave that one behind but again it's just I've got that many messages that many people message me talking about I I I can't define it for you similarly like you have your what you think you definitely know it is I have what I think I know it is but I've we've seen a lot of things that divide people but this in the last two weeks in particular since it sort of flared up I've not seen more disagreement ever on something where people are like yeah, that's not a good job that's natural well with anyone you talk to about football even just friends ex-players people that I talk I watched a game with one of my mates on the weekend his brother played in the, the whole game go on man can I watch and that, that, that Dunson <laughs> one and old mate snaps Clifford's leg and I was like that's a hip drop mate go that's on talk to the players because I, you know, hanging around NRL, New South Wales Cup level players, they all fucking know what it is, mm. and they're not they're not fans of it. No, well, why would you be? No one is. Uh, no one's coaching from, that. From someone whose first ACL was before the cannonball existed, like I said, that's why I despise that tackle so much when someone's yeah. legs are exposed, and that's why I've said last week to me, I think there's more naturally accidents in the hip drop situation than what there is on the cannonball Jack DeBellin style one last week, where a guy's got his back turned two people holding him and your legs are flush and you hit below the knees. Like, to me, that's just unspeakable. Yeah. I don't like that at all. That's the one as a player where I'd honestly try and kick someone if they went my legs like that. Because <laughs> you're a fucking grub. Try and kick him. Like, well, that's how I did my first knee. A bloke just went below the knee and went bang and next minute it was shaped like an L. Like, like when we traditionally saw these tackles, right, when it was big man on little man. Yeah. Chop. Now we're seeing them... Try to swing. Now we're seeing them in a lot more tackles. Yeah. And this is because... The attacking player is so well trained at well, staying on his feet. They're so much stronger. This is the argument. They're again. so much better trained in terms Game of harder base support. And tougher. I'm like, no, it's not. These blokes are bigger, faster, stronger than they've ever As been. As I keep saying to you, like, and people sort of say to me about how I sort of approach late late hits and halves, and everyone's like, oh, fucking halves should be. You should be able to bash halves, and you should be able like. Seriously, halves have never been more targeted in the game. They've never made more tackles in the game. They've never been stood there. They might as well put a pink jersey on the halves and just say, run at me. 
because every team just puts them as three man and leaves them there mm. and allows the opposition well, just to fucking run big boys. My, in my argument to you wasn't about the halves, like, and the hit. My thing is that if you're going to apply that rule, you got to apply it to everybody, whether it's a thirteen, whoever I, that does that playing. I think hit. it. Do, I think it and does. I watched a few on the weekend again where I see a locker, or a ball, a back rower, or someone ball player get like fucking jacked in the ribs or hit no different to a half. I think they should and be treated exactly like, the same. Well, I don't have a problem with that. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to blanket that rule, it shouldn't just be for sixes and sevens because if they're going to come to the line, like yeah, it's got to be for everybody. Mm. Um, my, my one is, I don't, I don't have a problem with them hitting, hitting them cleanly and mm. even hitting them slightly late. My problem is hitting them in the back. I don't like late, but to me, when it's when you're in the motion and the ball stays left the hands... To me, if even if even if it was sort of that, warranted, I'd have problem as a player... Getting popped. Hitting someone in the back. Really, really. I don't want to hit someone in the back, but I also, yeah. like, yeah, it's... Because there's got to be some sort of player yeah. code, right? There's got to be something. I, yeah. Say you've got the ball and you play deep in the line, I'd put hands on you and I'd be physical with you, yeah. but I wouldn't be driving my shoulder into your back. No, but I always used to hit and rap or go to ground with you or similar thing what we talk about the kickers. Kick and catch and take the ground or do what you're going to do. Put your hands on them. I'm, I always yeah. say to our players, like, you want, if, want if they get deep enough into the line, I want you to put your hands on them. I want them to know that you're there. And if you can hit them legally and hit them hard, yeah, then, deep, then absolutely fucking I'm, bury I'm not saying yeah. about doing dirty. But However, if you, you come deeper in the line, mm. don't expect to walk out fucking without a leap or without me wrapping you and taking you to the yeah. floor. And I, I just I'm not talking shoulders or bumps or back shots, but if you're going to dig in and get real deep, if you're on the motion, you've still got it, or you're on the run. and We've look, seen a lot of back shots. So, yeah. I don't like that. We'll get off that one, but I just thought to start off with again, it's one of those things where between friends, ex players, people I played with, people on our own page, just the amount of confusion or anger with people going back and forth on this is, this is, and I was like, wow, the last two weeks has just certainly reared up. So, yeah. um, and then yeah, penalty, sin bin, then no charge, and then the other way around, one's no sin bin, penalty, then charged. The people are obviously like a lot of things, just confused and angry. So yeah. let's hope after a bit of a definition, a couple of weeks now, we sort of find a middle ground and it stops happening. That would be the ideal situation. But um, yeah, we move on. Tackle two, more an interesting one just for me. And again, if you're not a Penrith fan, you're probably going to hate this tackle. But I'm just interested, like I always have been, about construction of roster and future thinking. So we know Penrith, three grand finals in a white row, two wins, you have decisions on certain positions and you make that your future. You know what you've got coming through. You're planning around that. We've seen what they've done with Kikau. We've seen that they haven't committed long-term to Martin. They've added a year on. But the decisions in recent weeks, again, on deals just to sort of secure, obviously, what they feel is the base or the spine of what you want to keep and then be able to completely fill around. So Nathan's locked into a 27 now. Yo's just extended up to 27. Leota only just turned up to 27 Fish, we know the back end of last year was 26. Toto, start of this year, only 27. They've got another fork in the road moment with Martin only extending for one year. Dylan, who's been playing outstanding, is off as of November 1, as is Jerome Lua. Mm. So in planning and looking at salary cap, where you know there's big money in Fish, Loud is probably not as well paid, but he's now an international, so I'm assuming that money definitely has gone up. Mm. Um, You know, the level of yo... Nathan, we know they're getting paid, obviously, very well. But I'm just... If, if, if it come down to, say, like, Dylan and Luar with what they've sort of got in their stocks and what we know about, we know Crichton's on the way out. The counteract that you see a signing of a young bloke, Jesse McLean, until 26. You know that you've got Lenyon on the way out. Liam Henry's just signed for another three years. They're clearly putting their paces through him. 
Luai, is there an offset there in Jack Cole, who won flag player of the year, is now playing centre in cup, but is a half, is only young, they've signed him to 26. If it come down to it, say I'm looking at the next piece, it's going to be Dylan or Luai. I don't see a way they can keep both with what the way they are right now. With what's sort of there, what would you figure would be more important to them? Or what would you think they'd lean more towards? Would they lean more towards trying to keep Jerome? And then again, like the way the halves market is, I know I have a price in my head. What what do you think he'd be worth? Like, I think he's already on close to seven hundred after yeah, what the, he's what he's worth or what someone's going to pay him. Oh, well, that's the thing. I, two I, different things. I think the market would go stupid. Well, they've got that young kid Isaiah Iongi playing fullback full in New South Wales Cup, and they've got Liam well. Ison, who's another fullback, pushing up behind him. However, he is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's ready to play first grade. I think Ison is almost like Edwards in a way. Jack, again. Jack Cole's playing really good footy. Like he mm. played. I think he made his New South Wales Cup debut against us last year, and he was a flag player. He's played. Yeah, full time there this year, gone well. And this is they've got I'm... Falls and Cogger there. They're only plugs. Like, so, Falls is no longer top thirty. Cogger is top thirty yeah. for this well, year. So you're asking, I'm trying to get mm. to my answer, right? Like they don't really have halves depth there. Whereas so, you probably look and go, well, what's an easier position to fill? And this was my point. I don't think either of them are easy because you see a lot of guys who. You know, like someone like Charlie Staines, he was touted as, oh, he's going to be better than Dylan Edwards by Penrith. Like a lot of people at Penrith thought that. Yeah, because of the speed, but because of all the natural it movement. Didn't, it but didn't, it didn't translate the first, the first grade. There you go. And so, particular physicality wise, Dylan has all that and the effort and however, the engine. what do you have more of? You've, you've, naturally, in a team, you've got five outside backs and only two mm. halves. So it's probably easier to find a fullback replacement, as harsh as that may sound, on Dylan. towards Dylan Edwards. He's a couple of years older than Lua. But I'm, I personally. Like I watch, I watch Jerome, and I, I like. I'm not sure he is a million dollar player. I'm not sure I'd be comfortable to pay him. A million no, dollars. and that's the argument I when I've heard people going, "Oh, if he hit the market, like the dogs and these." Two, like that's the thing though, where you go you know, and what, what you're worth and where you are. Like the Penrith price, if he's already on seven hundred, I don't know how much further you could go. I'd go another hundred. I'd go eight hundred comfortably. And that's sort of what I thought. Like, and you, then from there, what's your ceiling? Probably be and Dylan's the same. Like I heard. Aaron Woods on the radio and others saying he's worth a million dollars. I'm like, I love Dylan Edwards, but... He's worth... I think Dylan Edwards is worth a million. Open market or at Penrith price. The way like, he's play, playing right now, he's worth a million dollars. So Jerome Luai is 26, and I think Dill would be a year or two older, wouldn't he, at this point? I think he was through... I think he's a year older. After. 27. Yeah. Yeah, so only a year apart. Yeah. But yeah, I looked there and I thought they've got... Ayongi, who they really like, they've extended him to 25. Liam Ison went straight from SG Ball into Fleg. They've got big hopes for him. And that's those other positions. Where, like outside backs, you know, why people go, how could you let Crichton go this, that, and that? Well, again, outside backs, they're flush with. They got a lot of guys pushing through mm-hmm. in those positions. Emma Tawani, Ayongi, well, Jesse McLean, Tom Jenkins, Tom Jesse Jenkins, McLean, Jack like, Cole. Yeah. They've made investments in those areas. Is Cole's best position in the halves? If the price is too big, would they keep him there? Because that's what he's played coming through. Yeah, I know. That's right. what he's played junior. He wouldn't be playing him in the centres if you weren't going to think well, he's going to play NRL in the centres. I think the fact they got Cogger back and they got to keep Falls for now, and he's still only a baby. Like, he's in their top squad already, but he's very young. But I just found it interesting today because I like, you can only pay top dollar in so many positions, and I think the way they've mapped it out, they've got two very good front rowers, their lock, their seven. They paid one outside back big money in Toto because Toto. You know, similar sort of deal, 25, 26 years old, tackle breaks, yardage. There's a ceiling on what you can pay him, but they clearly want to lock him in for his best years, and they've done that. Yeah. Centers, back rowers are positions, obviously, they've looked at and gone, we're not going to cap out on you because we feel we can either buy in the market, which they've shown so far with 
Hosking, Garner obviously hasn't been healthy, but I still think the best version of him is useful. Hasn't started that way, I know. Um, Sorensen's plugged it like they're plugged players in, and then Martin's decided to stay for another year, obviously because of the environment. Yeah, but it's more those two are the two when I looked at what they're doing, and I'm like, how's this going to move forward? They're the two that popped up, and I just thought Dylan and Luai both on the open market right now. There will be some stupid money from other places. Edwards is apparently only on about four fifty five hundred now, yeah, and he's been on less prior. So if I, I guess in terms of who hasn't made money, Dylan hasn't made money. I'm not saying he hasn't made good money. But Jerome's last deal was worth about seven hundred thousand. Yeah, and he's played Origin, and he's played you know some rep football, and, and found some payments that way. So I was just wondering, in terms of the way you were thinking, if you got Yo, you got Cleary, which one would you be more inclined? If they did come to you and said, "All right, I'll do my absolute best to keep both," but exactly. And, yeah, and if, again, I had, if I'd let one go, it'd, I think again it'd, it'd be in discussion. And others argue has been well. What about because Nathan I think Dylan Luai? Dylan probably would take a little bit less to stay. I think he would because he already has last. I think time Jerome probably would as well. Hmm. Well, he stayed without. He had offers to leave Penrith prior. Hmm. I know it's different end now, and he's played rep football and won some grand finals. And that's the other argument when you've already won comps and been successful and won an Origin series. You're in a position where I guess you're not looking at some of those things that say with the argument we had for Jack the other week. Yeah, well, you're going to go. Whereas oh, is Jack when I went to comp, does Jack want to get this like? If he's at a point where a club comes out and goes, we'll give you 200, 300,000 and a five year deal, mm. whereas Penrith say we can give you maybe an extra hundred in three years because we want to. Yeah, but what's an extra million bucks when you're, in a, mil- you're a millionaire when you're playing well, footy? Like these guys are. I know you can't play driven. forever, is all I'm saying. Yeah, but I think a lot of the Panthers boys, having known them, you know, through their junior years, they were certainly intrinsically driven. Mm. I don't know whether that had, that's changed much. It, it doesn't seem like it has. But again, like I mean, if you're driven by money, then go and get the money. Go and get as much as you can possibly get. But mm. if you're intrinsically driven and you you want to be the best version of yourself and continue to probably give yourself the best chance to win comps, then I'd try and keep the band together. And the other one, actually, I never mentioned who's what playing. What would you there? do if you were playing at Penrith now? You'd want to you want to keep that team. Together. If I'm young enough, I want to stay. But yeah. if I'm a Dylan Edwards who's played like last on year. 200, 300, 450, and I've done that for seven years, and someone comes out and goes, "We'll give you five years, a million dollars a season." And Penrith say we can give you six six fifty. I'm going definitely, yeah. Because I haven't had that pay. If I'm Jerome and I've already had seven hundred for a couple of years and played some Origin football, I'm definitely trying to get a middle ground with Penrith. I think I've got a situation and I've got a link with Nathan. That's where I think rep games, rep payments can help the better exactly. clubs because you can sort of to look, say to him, well, if you're playing well and you get to rep footy, you get more. But remember money. this: what I said you also about Fox. Fox made the decision to leave Melbourne for significantly more money, but I thought, well, his rep jerseys are no longer guaranteed. And I know a lot of people were angry about that last year and thought he should have been picked, but I'm like, well, that's also the risk you take when you leave a certain environment, yeah. when you're relying on a lot happening inside you in some of those positions. Kotrick learnt the hard way when he left Canberra, and it only took 12 months for him to want to get out. He hasn't recovered. Because he had the $600,000 contract from where he was on 300 to 350. He was unhappy. He was losing. He wasn't happy. He wasn't the best version of himself. It only took 12 months for him to figure out that the money obviously wasn't enough to keep him turning up every week. So some people can just keep plugging away. Some people can't handle that side of things. But just the blueprint of how it's all coming together interested me today when I looked at it and I thought, who is off next? And those were the two big names. And the other one I forgot we just mentioned, Taruva's a great fullback. He's off next year as well. Mm. So they've got multiple options there, which makes me think more so, if even if I'm Penrith, there's no way I'd want to lose Dylan. I'd, similar to you, want to make a competitive offer to both. But I think for him, there will be a ridiculous offer. And he, if I'm him... 
at this point, and I haven't had a big payday. If anyone deserves one, fuck, he certainly does. He does, yeah. Um, and a lot of people saying, oh, well, fullback six, who's more important? I, I think they've definitely got more cover in that department and halves are hard to replace. But I guess, again, internally, how much faith do they have in Jack Cole for being flag player of the year, getting him straight into cup? And then this year, the fact they've pushed him sideways for a cogger who's not that old and who had a great junior rep career coming through and all the raps on him. To play him in the centres. Is that their long term plan or not? I, I don't know. Then do they feel they have another half in their system? Because looking at the moment, like you said, Falls is 27 this year, maybe 28, and they've pushed him out of the top 30. What is it this year? 20... 2023. Yeah, so he's 28. So they pushed him out of their top 30 spots. You've got Cogger, who's 24, 25, you know, who's come back. Like, that's probably the one. The, the bigger one for me is still Hooker. Sony's looked outstanding and he's off contract. There's no doubt they'll try and find a way right, to I keep him. Summerton is playing very good football. He is playing good footy. And I, I, thought good I, football. I thought Mason played some good footy little bits I saw last year. Mm. Um, they've obviously pushed Riley Smith into a six role, but it's just funny, like I said, placing values on positions or the way they've built this. So we know they're going to have a lock, seven, two good front rowers. They've got one really solid yardage player that they're going to rely on. But back row, outside backs are two clear areas where they feel they can either flip in the market or build internally. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just looked down and thought, fullback, half. They've got a few fullbacks. Like, I know, I, I like what I've seen of Ison, but he's still only an 18-year-old kid. But I just thought, yeah, that, that's the next real fork in the road for them. And that decision also affects someone like a Taruva, who was offered good money to already leave to go to Redcliffe before Hamiso signed there. Mm. So I just think next year there's a real fork in the road and some decisions to be made, but... Just, yeah, always interesting to see. True as a fullback. Definitely, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I just look at this and think, well, for them, depending on Luai's price, it might be easy to replace Edwards. Not that I think you can replace what he does. Yeah. But in terms of what they have there or salary cap-wise, they're not blowing your team out. When you've already banked on five guys with heavy dollars, there's only so many guys you can sort of marquee and then fill around. Um, Like Crichton coming to them for 800000 knowing he's not going to play fullback or to play in the centres when he's already on 650700 that was never going to fly. That's an easy decision. Mm. Well, then you're getting offered 500 plus when he's only playing 20, 30 minutes for them. Similar deal. That's that's not going to work with them when they've got Laota and they've got Fish. But yeah, just found that quite interesting looking at the building of that moving forward. And then, like you said, those hooker spots, Sony being off, Kenny, to me, still only a temporary plug. They need someone else there. And you saw the difference he makes on the weekend. But um, so far, they haven't set a foot wrong. They're looking pretty good again. But just interesting to see how that one plays out. Now, tackle three and the next few tackles are going to be what we always sort of do at this quarter point, having a quick look back on some of our predictions and anything we think we might change. So tackle three, top eight predictions. I'm pretty solid on six, and that was pretty much what we said in the preview, that there were six teams I was confident in, even though a few of them aren't doing the best right now. <clears throat> but if there's two you could trade out right now... Would, have you got my top eight there? No, I don't. I'm just going off the top of my head because I already know the two that I picked that I'd trade out. One that I probably would trade out from what I've seen so far and just what I'm seeing from others is Parramatta. Yeah, well, I had Parramatta. And again, I had them eight, and I think... The biggest, biggest one I fucked up was Wooden Spoon. I had the Dolphins. Well, you've already ruined one of my next tackles, mate. Sorry. Come on, um, mate. Top eight. 
the next one would be I, I'd, I would have said the Raiders, but now the way the Cowboys are going, it'd be a toss up between well, top those eight. Two. I would have had I would have had Penrith, Roosters, Storm. Well, we had the same six in essentially, which was Penrith, Storm, Roosters, Souths, yep. Sharks, Cowboys, and Cowboys. So and that's six? the six I'm still staying. Right. With. I'm staying with them. Same and then one. I had Manly and Canberra. I, I had Raiders and Eels. So if I was going to trade out now, I know the Cowboys aren't going well, but they've been hit with the, the health bug. So I'm banking they'll find a way to get in. But I'd take out the Raiders and I'd take out the Eels. The Broncos are the obvious one, already been five and one that you'd put in. Yeah. The other one a few weeks ago, from what I'd seen, I would have said Manly. But from what I've seen now, I wouldn't be so confident. I think I'd be torn between the Warriors or the Dolphins. Because I think the Warriors, again, similarly have had a couple of weeks here where players have been missing and they've just found a way to win games. And the Dolphins, if your bank wins early, and I don't really think they're going to have anyone going to Origin bar maybe Gilbert, They'll have a chance to pick up points mid-season and keep trotting along. Yeah, the cow- like Cowboys and Raiders are the two for me, like mm. two and four. So now, <clears throat> really, you've got to go on like a three or four game winning streak if you're them mm. to get yourself back to 50-50. And we 50-50 said, ball will get you in and around the mix. And what, what were the exact words I said last week that Canberra were in this position last year and then they went on a run. So they got a very good win on the weekend. Mm. Cowboys also started this way last year. Two and four, I think they were, or one and five after six, or something like that, and then they went on a run. Their squad health is certainly in a different position. Um, Canberra's obviously heading. Sharks are also they're two and three mm. with a pie. Well, I think there's is you know. I think they'll be fine. They tied out. Who's like day. who's falling out? Sorry, I'd, I'd have to have the Broncos in. I'll have the Broncos. That's what out. I said. The Broncos are the one you're definitely swapping in. Yeah, the other so one, I'd, have, I'd have the Broncos in for either Manly or Canberra. It'd probably be Canberra at this point. Mm. Uh, but who wins a game between Canberra and Manly at the moment? I, pff, who well, knows? After what I saw on the weekend, I tip Canberra. Yeah, but but after what I've seen in the first six weeks, I'd probably say Manly. Mm. If they're both at full strength, it's, yeah, it's, that's the one, I think. Mm. Well, the the other one, moving on from one that. One of them would have to bump out. You know, like, your next tackle go. What is, is it? Wooden spoon. Your premier prediction. So you went south. I'm I happy had, with that. I had the Cowboys, so I'm obviously in a bit of a I'm, I'm happy with different south. position because I... We all know one thing we can't control is health. But I looked at their roster. They handled Origin last year. Thought they'd be in a position again where they could go top four. Looking at it right now, I think top four is going to be a challenge because they've got some bodies missing and Origin's going to bite. Yeah. So I'm not feeling as confident because if they finish in the bottom half of the eight, we know what history tells us. That you're not winning the competition. Or no one has won from there yet. Yeah. I thought a home final, a top four, two bites of the cherry again and a bit more growth would be the ideal. Um, so I'm not feeling as confident. I said originally, I know I changed it because I had the roosters on most things. They're obviously not well, been all, awfully... Sharks, Panthers. Uh, Sears had a tough run to start. They've had a very tough run. The cow- who are the Cowboys? They played play? roosters. Week four, Seagulls. Well, they've had it. Yeah, they've had it difficult. Melbourne. And then who they play on the weekend? See, I was playing the Bulldogs, and yeah, that's probably the easiest shocking. game, and they won by fifty. So I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with South, and they also haven't had their strongest team in. So no, I'm, I'm happy with my premier's prediction. Mm. Well, the, the Cowboys at this point, I don't know if I'd stay with that one. No, I wouldn't. I think from what from what I've seen with Penrith, and then you know, I, I still think, like I said the other week, with what the Roosters have got to come back in, we're not going to see the best version until they're healthy or post Origin. It's bias as always, anyone thinks when I mention it, but I'm impressed with the way Melbourne's starting to come about and add a few more bodies back in. They could they could potentially add some layers, but 
Yeah, no, I I think Cowboys for me right now would be certainly be sliding out of that frame. You'd be looking at Penrith, Brisbane, Rouge to South, any of those teams health and in better form. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not feeling as confident about that one. And the last one was the very obvious one. Spoon prediction. Now, we all went, the, most people went the Dolphins. I've never seen short odds with the bookies for the Dolphins with what they've done already. They're not winning the Spoon. The Tigers are far and away proven so yeah. far to be the worst team. And the, the funny thing is, all the numbers, like I said, the other way, all these people talking about meters and inside 20s and offloads, and they did it again on the weekend. Don't want to hear but it. But it doesn't matter until you numbers. convert it to wins because all the ball, all the possession, all the meters, all the offloads, if you're not getting it done inside the 10 or 20, it doesn't matter. Sure. You need to be able to put points on the board. And the noise still coming out of there week after week. You know, will they stick solid? They've now lost Dewey. They've shuffled their spine over and over again. It's just really looking like at the moment it's going to be hard to get out of that situation. I don't know we talked about the Dragons, that if Ben Hunt wasn't there, you could easily see them falling into an absolute heap. But the fact of the matter is Ben Hunt is there. Yeah. And they're at least trying, even though I don't think it's the best roster. So uh, the Dolphins one obviously doesn't look great right now. And the Tigers, after some big-name recruits, uh, seems to be the same old story. So... They've got the buy, uh, a bit of time to regroup and have a look at some things this week. I'll be very interested to see them play coming out of this week and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Spine decisions, do you think they stick with Staines after the weekend? Dewey now out. you got Brooks. Do they bring Wakeham in? I'll just be bringing Wakeham in. Do you bring Laurie in? I'll like, be leaving everything the same. Bring so, Wakeham in. Probably play Laurie off the bench. I, I think you just got to pick the best 17 players in the club. Hmm. They're, not in, they're not in a position where they can be Pick and choose and who they're going to use. Just get your best 17 and find positions for them. And then I, I hate That's to, always been my philosophy when you coach a team that's down the bottom of the ladder, though. I hate just to say get your best 17. If you hit that point again where they've lost too many and finals are off the table, they've got to put some guys in. Yeah, later. Not yeah, now. Not now, I'm not saying now. that. But if no. you're getting to Last mid, six rounds, if you're yeah, getting past, mid, past yeah. origin and it's well and truly done and there's six or eight games left and you're well and truly buried down there, Yeah, it's, it's again, a point where if Brooks is not going to be the next year and he's not going to be contracted... Brooks is at his side. If you're not going to have Dane Laurie there, Dane Laurie's at his is side. It Brooks's last year on contract? This is his last year on well, contract. Well, he's gone. But he's they've already, they have were talking about they wanted to keep him. I can't figure out what they want to do. They've missed Moses. If there's they would no have kept way, Moses, no I think they 100% they would have kept Brooks. But now they don't, didn't get Moses, I don't know. That would shock me. But they had a chance to let him go to fucking Newcastle, and they did. So they're their own worst enemy. Well, was that because they knew that they were going to punt Hastings? I think that was before the whole Hastings thing played out. They wanted him. They wanted him last year at the start of the year, mid year. Because to me, whenever anyone said that, I just thought, well, duh, because they were trying to get rid of Hastings, not Brooks. Mm. I think no, that that was on the table. I think even before that situation started. Okay. So and now there's talk that Rowan Smith's looking at him in Leeds and apparent an interest to bring him over there and try and jumpstart well, things. Like Rowan coaches very differently to most. Mm. So. He could do worse than going over there. Get out of all the shit that's here. I, that's my big thing I've said and a million I, times. I, I do think there is a good footballer there. So do I. But I, I think he's made the mistake of he needed to leave earlier. But he's been and let he's down by both there. himself. Yeah. Himself. He's, he's got to take some he's accountability. He's got some accountability, 100%. But so does the club. And the fact that he's had a thousand coaches when, in the last We're years. never going to see the best of him because <laughs> it's been a decade already. Yeah. It's the, the best. I think there's still enough years there to well, see, see the best of him. Didn't he win a Dally M? Under Ivan. Dalian half back oh, okay, yeah. But my yeah, point yeah. is just for, for what his potential was, I don't think we're ever going to see the best of it. Because yeah. if he does go to England, I don't think he comes back. No, I, and I wouldn't be coming Because if he's in two or three years' time, then he's 30. He's still got some years left, but he's past his best. 
Look at Mitch Fierce. He got offered to come back. No thanks. Fuck, why would he come back? Imagine going back to the club that your dad was a legend at in the situation they're in now with the career that he's had where he's been scrutinised for everything as well. Yeah. He would have fucking laughed, I'm sure, when that phone no, call No, I just mean, like, it could have been anyone ringing him. I know that, but no for thanks. him of all people at the Tigers where your dad was who he was with what he went through when he was here, no. I would have I'm fucking hung up. I, I wouldn't have even spoke. I just would have hung straight up yeah. and said, just that's it. There's no fucking way if that's my last chance to come back. As cool as there's some things there, again, with the family ties, their situation is not something if I'm Mitch Pierce that I need my, need my life. Mm. Uh, and tackle six to finish off is the power rankings back this week. The Penrith Solar power rankings, our first ones after six rounds. Don't be sidelined by rising power bills this season. Tackle them head on with the team at Penrith Solar Centre. Let them provide you with the highest quality solar experience and solution. Call them today, 820 or visit au. At this point, number one in your power rankings. Panthers. I have Penrith as well. Um, I know some people go, well, Brisbane beat them, but you look at the form, what we said, off the World Cup, slow start, what they're building into right now, they're my number one. Yeah. Number they're two. Spank everyone by 50. Yeah, two bloodbaths the last two weeks. Yeah. Number, number two, two, I've got Brisbane at the moment. Yeah. Five of one. Uh, yeah. Forward pack's been good. Harb's been good. Uh, Walsh has brought a point of difference. I guess my only question is... Who would win? Storm or Broncos? Right now, who well, would win? I was about to say, if you look at the draws like you are talking about, and again, we don't want to look, look at draws. I think they were close against the Dolphins. Yeah, I'll go Broncos. Mm. I'll go Broncos. For now, I will. Uh, yeah. But I, I think we're going to see the real sample of them. This week, they've got your mob, the Gold Coast, which the, the Derby games are always tight. I know the last two years, you guys have led and then got blown out. But post that, I think they've got Souths, Eels, Panthers, Storm, pre-origin. Yeah. So we're going to get a real gauge now of Brisbane against a couple of those sides now that they've sort of playing themselves into a period and had those guys that were involved in World Cups so didn't have an off-season. Yeah. Whereas Brisbane, you know, Haas didn't go, Reynolds didn't go, Walsh didn't go. All their sort of key players, by Carrigan, were essentially all there. So they've been ready to rock and roll. Um, I've got Storm at three. Me too. From what I've seen so far. Like I said... Two results come with 10-plus guys missing from first grade. You put the spine back in, have a look at some of these other guys and say it every week, more time into Warbrick, Liero, Katoa, add Nelson back in. As they get more confidence and build around that spine and fill in those positions and, you know, you look what Meany's been able to provide. They've got some outside back depth once he's back and if Pappenhausen's situation is resolved, if they like the safe option, you can stick with Meany. If you like Pezzett and Harves and think you can help Hughes, you can move Munster. I think there's options there. Yeah. Um, so I feel a little bit more confident. The only one that we can't cover for, obviously, is if anything happens to Harry Grant, we're fucked. Harry Grant is the best hooker in the game, bar none. And they no longer have Cheese or somebody else pushing through there. Yeah. Their replacement would be Nicarima or a Garlic or someone as a temporary plug, which would not be a situation where I'd sit there and go, okay, you're in a premiership opportunity here or a top four opportunity. Yeah. I think that would well and truly be... You know, cut the head off the snake. Uh, number four, who have you got? Roosters. Got the Roosters as well. Very patchy, but similar point again. Satili, Crichton, Watson, put these guys back in their positions. Manu actually been able to go back to the centres. Tedesco going back to fullback. Time and health. It may not even pan out, like we said. That, that's something we can't control. It might be another year where we look at it and go, what could have been if it all pulls together? But the game against South and then, you know, Paul this week. They've given you glimpses of what could be. Let, we just need to see if we can get it all in the field and see the best version of it. Yeah. 
Five, I've got South at the moment. Me too. Um, 50-50, but again, that draw I certainly took into consideration to start of the year. Yeah. Shit run on injuries with their middles. And again, I'm, I'm guess health and the best version of themselves I want to see. Yeah. Six, I went the Dolphins for now. They've just been tough. And he's got the best out of guys that I didn't expect. You forget about people like Azako who come through, and I know he's only playing on the hip and swing now and fullback, but hard situations, multiple coaches, unwanted. Then you go back with a guy who debuted you when you're a junior Kiwi six playing at the Sharks who brought you up with the Broncos. I'm pretty sure he won player of the year or fullback of the year playing Queensland Cup and a couple of hugs and some pats on the back and what he's doing from the wing. I like to see what Hamiso is doing from fullback. To see they've had multiple halves changes and just like that pack digging in. Yeah, no. They like, got smashed by I know. the Dragons last week. It wasn't I'm going uh, the Warriors. Well, I've got them at seven. <laughs> and similar deal, I think. What we've seen from them so far, tough, gritty, the best version of Johnson, uh, the emergence of a couple of guys. And they've dealt with some hard situations so far with some troops missing. Barnett, Tohu Harris, Egan knocked out a couple of times and they've just hung around in every game. Yeah, I've got the Sharks at seven. Well, I've got the Sharks at eight. Yeah, I'll and, go the Dolphins at eight. Yeah. But. Then on the outside looking, if you're going off records, Dogs three and three, Titans three and three, Manly two, one and two. They got pumped on the weekend. Like, it, it's a mixed bag at the yeah, moment. Yeah, if they lost a close one on the weekend, they'd be in your power ranking. So, they'd be, uh, I don't know at the moment, yeah, but that's my tough. point. It's still early. It's a good log jam, and there's arguments I think the that Knights are probably the one that we've. They've been real gritty after a poor start. Real gritty. Um, and a huge. If they hadn't lost to the Dolphins, I'd probably have them in my. Yeah, I'm not arguing with you there. But let's jump in and review these games from the weekend. Storm, Roosters, 28-8. to eight. Uh, I thought they were pretty dominant for the majority of this game. I know it wasn't reflected early part of the scoreboard, but in terms of what they were doing with territory, kicking game, where they were handing the football over, how they were controlling things, um, yardage, like pack battle, Just I thought Melbourne were on top from the word go. Yeah. And that sin bin from Radley certainly didn't help and I think probably the most disappointing thing for somebody like him and I said this the other week like they make a long term investment in him I know they love him but in terms of what he needs to do for his own well-being in terms of the knockouts and the technique and then just his discipline he still hasn't fixed either or you know I heard him on Saturday talking on Triple M that he's done a lot of work on both but it's hard to see honestly yeah. and I thought he had two bumps the other night again I think two he got him in the face and he, he copped the hip of somebody else the referee, people were saying, oh, that's not late. He didn't get him for being late on that tackle. He said he'd warned him four times about late hits. Yeah. So there was multiple ones you're not seeing on camera, which again, to the point, oh, I'm trying my hardest or I'm working on that. Well, clearly you're fucking not if you've been warned four times by the referee to stop hitting people off the ball, whether it's a push or a nudge. It's obviously not as severe as some of those hits we're talking about. Yeah. But repeat infringements on the hottest topic bar the hip drop right now, you're asking for trouble. It's just not smart. And he's a really good football player. Yeah, he's. But that, and like I said, the intent on some of the D hits, if it's not the sin bins that are going to fucking drive you out the wall as a Roosters fan, it's getting KO'd every second week. He needs to just calm it down a little bit. He, he goes hard enough without finding an extra gear. Yeah. He needs to find that middle ground for him because that just extended him long term, which when I looked at it, I thought with, with the way he's been going, I thought maybe they'd give him two or three years, not four or five. Mm. But that was critical. When that happened, Melbourne... Sort of kick them from there. I know most of it come off kicks and, and the conditions, but you know I, I thought they left points on the table. There was a few moments there. Munster could have put one through to a hole and he puts a grabber in. The one where he gets hit and passes to Coates, he's very close to going in. There was another one on the right side of the field. Um, it, it could have been a lot worse, but I guess 
from the Melbourne perspective, you almost completed 90% in the wet. They completely controlled things defensively where they were bad early weeks. They were great here. They mopped up play one, two. Their kicking game and where they handed the football over and how they controlled things. They forced a lot of errors early in the set. Um, having Hughes back in, the way Meany's linked up with Munster and got himself around the field, I think he's been really unsung. And then you just look at the way Harry's playing. Yep. Kicking the 40-20, the ruck control. His service and some of the dishing still off the ground and the handling of the ball in those conditions was fucking incredible. Absolutely. Um, and then again, you think about getting Nelson back into the fold here. The Pappenhausen thing is, isn't even as big a worry for me as it right now. If anything, it's a bonus if he comes back healthy or even 80, 90% of what he was. Hmm. Because I feel that area you can sort of work on or cover up for with what they've got. It's more the point, like I said before, the Harry one is the one I don't think we can compensate for. We can't. If he was can't. to go down. But I think Remus has been good on return. Very good. Olam, as soon as he come back in the last few weeks. That was weeks. a good battle. Oh, man. But he's just... Remus and Swalitia. It's the unappreciated stuff we talk about again. His yardage carries, his dean clean-up work. Like, he just does all the little things right. He's never going to get massive raps. I know his first year there that he was talked about, you know, when we were scoring a zillion points, and it was the Oztag era of the first year of six again um, for a New Zealand spot. But he just doesn't let you down. No. Olam on the other side of the field. And again, our back row, I think, is growing every week. King, mm. Liero... Katoa is the one I'm still really happy with and think that's only going to get better. And again, I spoke on it before. Those guys with more games, Warbrick getting more footy, Sims, who they dropped to get some big minutes in here last week and bring back in. As, as long as they build those guys up, bring Nelson back in the fold, keep heading in the right direction, I'm very interested to see where this team goes. Very interested to see where they go. Yeah. Uh, the Roosters, I can't discount. You know, 15 errors, 60 cent complete. like 43 misses. They were ordinary. And the, the, probably the sadder part is I thought the intent come too late where at the back end you're seeing Collins kick pressure and Jared trying to get a bit of feel in it. By that point, it was already 28-8. This is the one. The Roosters just got him, unfortunately. The the one where they, they just lose their discipline and I think their discipline probably just costs them any chance to compete because mm. they were in it for a long period of time. But Melbourne, yeah, made them pay and were good enough to hold on the ball. And, yeah. Yeah. That, the Roosters really never conditions ran. wise they yeah they played played two completely different games that's for sure definitely and then I think an area for them a lot of people are talking about but it's not going to stay the Hutchison Walker edge is not permanent like I know they've plugged Hutch in there and people are like well why aren't they playing somebody else Billy Smith would be the option Mommy the other option he's just back from a severe concussion Billy Smith's not healthy hmm. so they've sort of manufactured a way to have him in their team because they really appreciate what he does as a half a hooker back like to sort of coverage for a lot of spots but no he's not a genuine centre. Yeah. But having him and Sam Walker stand next to each other is far from ideal on an edge where you've got Munster, Justin Ola, Meany sweeping around, except that, that's never going to end well. And even when they kicked to it a few times, those guys on that coach try, I think the the second time, one sort of ran interference, one sort of look, and Manu's not across, they let it bounce, and coach just gets a gift. So that that's not going to be the way going forward. If Teddy's in, Manu goes straight back in next to him. Hutchison more than likely is the 14 for them instead of Turpin because they get a bit more value in terms of halves cover yeah, rather than a hooker because obviously they, I think their long goal would be Brandon Smith playing closer to 80 minutes once he's up to scratch, which obviously hasn't been so far. And again, the other night, he probably had one really nice moment on the first try where he jumps out of a quick play of the ball and draws a couple of Melbourne defenders, which allows Walker to throw that long pass. But for the rest of the game, he bit in a few times. He missed Harry on an occasion. He made a couple of errors. It's, it's not the best version of him just yet either. Um, I'm sure they'll be endeavouring to get there. But again, Satilli's back playing cup. 
Crichton's supposed to come back this week in Cup. Lodge and Brown are a week or two away, so they can strengthen up their bench in terms of middles. Watson mid-season. It's all a question of health, and then, then what does that best version of the Roosters look like? Because I think we've seen glimpses. But, again, I honestly don't think we're going to see the best version, if it's healthy, until post-Origin or around Origin, yeah, which is hard. So they need to just bank wins along the way, be like we said, that sort of 50-50 or just above, and then try and hit the gas when it matters most. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. But let's move on from that one. South's 50-16 to 16 over the Bulldogs. Um, honestly, for, for what they've been missing, I, I thought they were pretty tough again. And to start off, you know, you hold up, you get that early try. Avarillo just out of the scrum there. I think it was Karaz who skipped across, had Cody Walker sitting on the outside. And a lot, a lot of people question the speed of Avarillo. I'm, I'm telling you, watching him come through playing 6-1 and one at Westfields in the juniors, I still don't think he's playing the right position or has been used correctly just yet, but I, I really like him as a footballer. Um, clean set of heels, but it was sort of all downhill from there. They they showed some resistance, but once Fox went down, that reshuffle sort of exposed them on that edge. They've already been lean, like we said, in the middle, and South was certainly kicking in the front door, but once that happened, Alamotti pushes out. you got Torpany, who doesn't play centre. They just started playing long and constantly finding space there after rolling, and they really, really carved up that right edge. Cody Walk had a field day. The link play, I think, and it almost looked like a training run, but probably good, valuable game reps for them in terms of the way you've seen the evolution of Murray passing more rather than just using himself as a batting ram. And him being that genuine link and getting deep in the line and hitting that pass, the way that him and Cook getting straight out like three wide, then linking with Ilias, who's getting Cody Walker again deep and giving him that option whether he wants to run, pass, play short. And if anything, I guess... It takes pressure off the trail as well to inject himself so much. Yeah, it does. But it, it yeah, essentially you got a good brief training run of just good width, playing into space, pulling teams apart, making them overcompensate once you've kicked the front door in and the continued building, I guess, of Murray into that role, choosing his times to run and be a link, if he gets better there, that's certainly gonna help their halves and the trail. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It just gives you almost like a middle service player. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think his passing certainly got better. Then you see the other version, when they kicked in the front door, had that quick ruck, Cook jumps out, Murray plays down into that space there where they were weak in the middle. Has yeah. Harrison Edwards and that sort of trapped and, and punches his way in behind. You, you never want that quick playable part of his game to go, but like we said the other year, if he's going to make 40-plus tackles a game just be an absolute battering ram, it's not going to be good for him long term. No. He needs to find a bit more of that balance, like a yo who probably doesn't take the licks that Murray does because what he does with the ball gets him space when he runs. I'm not saying you don't want that version of him where he's hitting, you know, two or three wide off the ruck, one out and using his feet to get down and get quick play of the balls, but it can't be that 15 times a game and him just being a battering ram. Yeah. That mixing in of the pass, showing the ball, getting the line with it in two hands and being a genuine option to dig and play out the back door half or lay off short is going to open up more freedom for him and take attention away from him with his carries and generating quick play of the balls. Um, but around this from now, I don't know about you, like, the troll got all the praise three times they were support tries. He did have one nice moment where he crashed in through a pass to the side. I thought this was the Cody Walker show. Yeah. He was the one, along with Cook's service with Murray and that nearly sort of playing to him where he did all the work. You saw the double pump fake and hit short for host. You seen him run outside. You seen his push support on the short side wraparound that leads to Latrell's trial. He had his fingerprints on every single moment in this game. Um, yeah, Latrell's 150th. Great bag of tries and kicks and Impressive moments, but yeah, I really thought Cody didn't get the, the praise he probably should have gotten out of this performance. No, he was excellent. So, yeah. 
for the dogs, uh, I guess we say it every week. You're missing all those middles. Um, then to have that situation where you lose Fox because of the ground, which you know a lot of people have been concerned with Acor and Suncorp to start the year. Well, it looks horrible. Well, they both went through. I went to a couple of concerts, and you can tell that you know they had a few months worth up in both stadiums. Yeah, because both grounds are just absolutely chopping up. But that was ugly watching Fox slide the way he did. Mm. Um, tightrope surgery could be anywhere from six to eight weeks. They're saying that's the best possible result for him. I sort of thought he was maybe not in the frame for origin with what they did last year, but I think for now, as soon as he misses the first game of the series, unless they have injuries or issues, I don't think he's going to be involved anyway. I don't think they'll look at him. But that one hurts, but Middles has been the real area. But this week, I think they've named Pungai Jr. Thompson's saying he's looking earlier, so he's hoping for the next four to six. Pele's still going to be a while. Patolo, Fatola Mariner comes back this week. Kikau comes back this week. They are desperate for some forward troops. Absolutely. That was severely yeah. light on the weekend in that regard. Um, like Edwards, who you know wasn't getting a look in starts in first grade. Yeah. Sam Hughes, after a couple of years of grinding away at Parramatta and then moving over, gets a debut on the weekend. We've seen Preston obviously being a shining light that they got from the Roosters. There has been some positives because you see the good you've got in your squad. Yeah. But they could certainly do with troops in the pack and they're going to need them. That's for sure. Up against Parramatta this week with Campbell Gillard, Madison Lane now back, Paulo back from suspension. It's a hefty pack. Yeah. yeah. The, the Bulldogs just need troops. Mm. Middle troops for sure. Uh, no offense. I know Bulldogs fans probably hate me for saying this. I know everyone's happy that Josh Reynolds is back. I just wouldn't be playing in my first grade squad at this point unless I had to. Yeah. I know they're short. Could you have him for hooker cover, half cover, etc.? Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's a nice story, but he's a, it is he's a, great story. He's a fill-in in our player. He's not what he used to be. But like week one, he shoots out of the line, leaves a gap for a line break for Griffin Neen. The other day, some I had a friend again and watched me. He was arguing about Mawale milking that contact. I'm like, I get it, but he saw, hits him on the outside shoulder and he just stands there. Yeah. So he's given him the option to milk it. I hate it as much as the next person. And I thought justice came when Burton scores not long after. I've read Marty's kick. But between that, a couple of penalties... Abused the ref like defensively, he's not the greatest. And the poor bugger got grabbed on the wheels by Tommy Burgess. Apparently, remember the yeah. Josh Graham? Yeah, no, I did. He grabbed me on the wheels. Um, but yeah, I love the whole story, but I just sort of looked at it and thought, you know, at the end of the day, I know they wanted to keep him around. I thought they probably could have kept him on a training trial or something like that and paid him that money and given him a job at the club. They've given plenty of other people a, a job and. Yeah. Someone like Khaled Rajid who was coming through, I'd, I'd probably rather have him available to me for what I'm looking for long-term rather than Josh Reynolds. thought there was ways they could have kept him around to top him up rather than giving that last top 30 spot to him. Mm. What yeah. about the kid from Brisbane as well? Oh, up. well, they, again, they paid him half a million bucks or something to get him down there. So mm. He's already in, but I, I just thought for the way they were heading and they're not sold on Flanagan, you've got Burton there and you're not... So yeah, my, my point is I'll be playing Olapu before I'll be playing. Oh, 100%. Right. And even on the regards they were fullback there, like they signed Crichton and then straight away he comes and goes, well, we didn't guarantee him to play fullback either. I'm like, well, Rajan's played fullback in halves. Olapu plays in the halves. Like, surely you'd be pushing one of these guys up and trying to get them some more football. <laughs> mm. um, I, like, the story's great. It's always good to have guys come back to your club. But if, if they're healthier in a few weeks' time, got some guys around their forward pack and I know they don't really have nine cover for money. Like, he, he's still not the guy I'm going to be looking for. Yeah. If I get an injury there. But they might not have a choice in terms of their depth there with new Brown out, who's probably the guy I'd rather play at nine if I had to play somebody there. Yeah. But yeah. Um for them, you know, Burton, tough day, but had a couple of good moments. Thought Preston worked hard again. Waddell worked hard, but for Souths, yeah, the spine as a whole 
Cody was the real one for me, but Cook, good game. Ilias Murray, Latrell, Campbell Graham, putting himself certainly into an origin frame. I think Tom's been great with the lack of middles they've had. He's had to play big minutes and do a job. I know you can get him laterally in D. I know he can make an error, but he's worked bloody hard. Um, Kalama Tungi. Good side. Just interested to see, again, when they get some middles back and they're all settled, how it all comes together. Definitely, yeah. But, yeah. Ten line breaks to one. They won the penalty count 11-3. 150 extra tackles for the Dogs. It was a tough day. Tough day. Uh, Dolphins, Cowboys. This one hurt. The Dolphins, tough again. Bromwich pulls out. We know about the other players. They're already missing, but uh, just the composure, I guess, in this one to get back to what they did the first few weeks. Complete high, grind out, and just wait for your moments. And then on the flip side for the Cowboys, I'd say lack of composure. I know they were missing troops and to reshuffle Neem into the back row and start Dunnett, front row, Cotter, off a knee injury. Like, they really... Really, really were short in their middles and what they've got in their forward pack right now. But there was moments like Elliot makes a line break, kicks, play two. Towns in a line break, play two, throws it at his ass. Like, and I thought, there was just multiple moments during the game where I thought if they just sat there and finished the set and either got a repeat or got points, they would have been right in the mix and if not, won comfortably. Mm. But they just refused to show any composure. And I guess that sort of tells with what, the What impressed me about the Dolphins is how potent their attack is. It is. Very much They're so. scoring a lot of points for a team that's, you know, only just coming together. But when you're looking at the spine too, like, again, I, I thought Marshall King was a massively underrated sign. I know I keep mentioning it, but I just fucking can't believe that a Penrith or someone else for what he got offered or what he's on. Like, he's definitely on more now. They just upgraded him. But from what I heard, he went there for, like, 250. Yeah. If Harpy's walking out the door to get 700 and you were paying him 450, 400, I, I easily thought last year, and I know I went on a rant mid-year about it, I thought he was better than easily half dog in the comp. They've clearly got value in what they've signed there. I think he's a huge yeah, part of what they do. Definitely. He laid on a couple of tries again. Nice one for Gilbert. But their spacings are just wrong, and that comes with the lack of forwards, I guess. And you can't take away from the Dolphins in that regard. But like Mitch Dunn off bad injuries to go from playing six and back row to playing as a middle, that's a big ask. Huge, yeah. Um, Neem, who's mostly played middle but can play edge, did some good things with the ball, but they got him a few times defensively. Um, and then poor old Brendan Elliott, he had a barrier of a night. First try, you know, like I said, throws that ball out the back, gets jumped over by Azarko, makes another error, and then at the back end of the game where I thought they had enough people to cover up, he grabbed some ESO when he didn't need to. <laughs> Felt cleans up that ball, he gets put in the bin, and that, that was sort of the final nail in the coffin. But just composure. Last year, they were so happy to play for 80 and be disciplined and kick well and complete, and they would just, you know, kick pressure, line speed, all those small things you just ticked off. And I said it in the preseason preview, the reason I was confident they would be solid again, and barring the health side of things, was everything they built last year was off effort, attitude, and it was the free things. This year, they're not doing the free things well. Their line speed's not great. Their well, clean-up their efforts good. aren't great. Yeah. Their first-up contact's not great. Like I, I think any of the numbers would probably show that I, they'd have to be bottom four in D right now. Last year, they were basically one, two, and three in all categories. Post-contact meters, offloads allowed. Like, they had all that stuff locked up. But what I loved last year, any time a kick went down, they were there. And play one, two, they were just absolute banshees. All that stuff this year's just been absent. It really has been. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. And even like, you know, I thought Val's been pretty quiet so far. He had one of his better games the other night. But again, 14 errors, 67% completion rate. The way they defended, um, like, like I said, I can certainly give them some leeway with some of the injuries and the players it's been so far. But at some point, 
the, probably the hard thing that hurts harder is they had a chance to win this one. They should have won the week before, and they've they been too many points. They've been in almost every other game, but last year where they would have closed it out, this year they haven't. Mm. And then that lack of composure, I think, comes on the back of not getting results and looking for a cheap way out rather yeah. than fighting for it. So Dolphins are again, like I said, oh, really impressed with Katoa as well. Katoa had some really good moments here for an 18-year-old kid. Yeah, he's... Um, you know, Nick Aruma did his job. Hammer must have felt sweet. I know there was a little bit said there about the way things ended. Like, who's surprised? The young guy who comes in at 18, plays origin, center, wing, fullback. Bent. Like, I can completely understand why they went with Drinkwater. Don't get me wrong. But then they argue for him going, oh, look at now, they've stuffed that up. I don't think they've stuffed that up. Like, he's got an opportunity to go play fullback, guaranteed spot, with a great coach who is utilizing him for his strengths. They're not asking him to ball play or do anything out of the ordinary. Hammer's getting to play to his strengths where he is. I think that situation over again, if you ask them, would they have kept him or got rid of drink water or how that would have worked out? I, I think the Cowboys, 10 times out of 10, stick with drink water at one because they have did and they've got Chad yeah. and they've got two or three kids pushing through who are in the halves. Yeah. Rather I, than moving. I didn't think Todd Payton handled the question real well. No, I didn't think. I don't think he needed to say anything. Just move on. But basically I've justified why they let, let him go. go. Yeah, Gilbert again. He chose to leave to go home. He's been great so far. He's been yeah. really, really good. Um, even SCS, like spent a couple of years. I thought he had a good contribution the other night. And Azaka, like from the wing, you don't talk about wingers very often. But between the goal kicking, the finishing, even the kick returns and the yardage, the springs back on the step. Yeah, some players again, like we talk about Wayne Bennett in terms of the simplicity of what he probably does coaching, but what he does for people. And just how they are, and getting them to be the best version of themselves, and be happy, and and play their best football. He's certainly done that with a couple of guys in this team. Definitely, there's guys playing well above where you expected them to be. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Seen people saying about the Dolphins and last year was fraudulent, or you know they're not going to go the way they are. I still think they'll find a way to get in the eight. I mean, if you're missing Nanai McLean all these sort of guys and you're yeah, a bit underman. We'll see. If you get them all back on the park, I think they'll find a way to get in the eight. Mm. top four or do what they did last year. Huge ask. And I'm happy to be proven long, but like I said, looking at their starting pack on the weekend and then sitting there thinking, well, Nanai, Lucci, him, McLean, all back in there, healthy and ready to go, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah. But if that pack stays the way it is now and then to hear Griffin Neem's got a throat problem missing eight weeks now, generally concerned. Yeah. Because if this goes on for a few more weeks and then come origin time, they take Val... They take a couple other guys, Nanai, etc., and they lose a few more there. It's going to be a real tough run home. They're going to be in a Canberra situation mm. where they're going to have to really string it together at the back end of the year, be perfect, and have great health to assist them along their way. But, yeah, I don't think they've suddenly forgot how to play football. Last year was fraudulent. Maybe the way the draw worked out last year and all those sort of things that people talked about and it was very top-heavy for a few teams and the injuries to sides like Melbourne... Um, and the Roosters probably opened that up for a couple of teams like them, the Sharks, to probably boost a few more wins. But, um, yeah, it certainly hasn't been an ideal half, uh, start to the year in that regard. But you don't forget how to do those three things. They need to get back to that stuff because that's what made them a good team last year. Absolutely. Panthers. We said, well, we, yeah, we said in the preview mm. about the Cowboys that this was a possibility. and Unfortunately, for the first quarter, it's come to fruition. Mm. Panthers, Manly, 44-12. to 12. Two weeks in a row, they've just... Turkey slapped two teams. Mm. Last week it was Canberra in the second half. That is put an absolute hurting on 40 points. This week it was 32 in the first half. And I don't really think this... Like, people were 
trying to draw up technical things or ask questions about how about this worked, it was very, very easy. They just kept popping on the left and shifting back to the right. Tago had a hundred and something meters, fifty plus meters in the first half. They actually gutted that edge. Yeah. And then they just shifted back to the right hand side. A lot of people were even in the coverage picking on Weeks. Weeks was isolated in the space around Weeks is isolated because of how bad you get pulled out of shape from how they got carved up on the left or the middle. And that isolates somebody like him who's played fullback his whole career. But the one who really got picked on was Kelma Tualagi. Hmm. The first up miss on Dylan Edwards on that short side, but they had the numbers for it. That's just like he closed his eyes and fell over. He lost his legs. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, that was that was one of the strangest t- attempts to tackle oh, first it was weird as all hell. Like, um, and then the other thing as well, they, they didn't even have to lay up on the left to get back to the right. There was a few times there where seeing him play to the middle and then Yo turned someone over and they played to the middle and they were hitting from the post as well. And they still got back there and Nath was able to get, you know, that roll forward and isolate or play it weeks and to a and build that pressure on him um, by just, you know, digging in the line off what Yo does initially. And especially when Sony came on and they knew that be accountable from out of the ruck. goes back to that point that I make the difference between him and a Kenny. Kenny does his job. Sony, you have to actually be aware of what he's doing. Yeah. He holds up that ruck a bit longer. Yo gets deeper in a line. He holds up a couple. Nath gets to the outside, gets to run, you know, one-on-one there and pop an offload to Dill. Um, you know, the, the Crichton pass off the back of the line break and the way they'll pepper in that edge across three people's faces. It's embarrassing, really, but because of the quick play of the ball and no one was set, he just was able to sail that one across. Yeah. Um, and then the Sony one sums up probably what you've talked about in terms of the craft of the man and being as equal, if not as nifty, as an RP in terms of his craft, to show open at the post, hold up there, come back to the left, and then how square his body is. He doesn't turn out. He doesn't sell his eyes and hips. His feet, head, body, all were directly to the line. So not only has he held up both the markers and the first defender, he's been able to literally step out from there after holding up almost both sides of the rock markers, making everyone accountable, and just lay that one off to get a one-on-one with Olukawatu, who you wouldn't generally beat. But he's... Uh, when healthy, and it, like I said, if they can protect him defensively and keep him on the field, the more minutes he plays, the better for their attack. Yeah. And I'd much preferred to see them with him on the field like they did for 50 or so minutes there and use Kenny to steal an interchange with your middles because you can push him out to 13, especially while they're short with fish. If that's the sort of way they go forward with, I, that's only going to make Penrith more dangerous. Yeah. And I even said it to you. don't know if you've sort of seen her or something there last year that I probably... Didn't think they did it as much because that has flowed so nicely with the way their spine was constructed. But I feel this year, because they're also a bit lighter in their pack, that they're just willing to keep a play alive and probe and gouge rather than just take a tackle or lay in somewhere and try and play from a point that they've realised that they're maybe not kicking the door in as much. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of times now where they'll play sort of out to either a back row or a half. And if things are breaking down or not happening, they'll, they're happy to switch and turn back under or cut back and field like a Luai does and have a bit of an exploration and he'll tip it off to somebody else and Yo tips it off to a back row and they might go through a couple of sets of hands. It sort of reminded me of watching Ipswich when they won the Queensland Cup. 
Yeah, where it's just fatiguing or like holding the ball or keeping a play alive or. Mm. I haven't noticed too much because, oh, yeah, Nathan Cleary's your middle service player. I'm not sure whether it's a focus of theirs to keep, keep the ball alive and pass more, maybe. I, I'm unsure. Mm. I've, I haven't looked at it that closely. Oh, it's, I, I, I certainly mean, in New South Wales Cup, like doing the preview last year to this year, they're. They certainly don't have the same level of strike as what they've had in nah, years that, gone that by. Comes in that with grade, the players going. Uh, they, they're playing a very similar style of footy. But and sort of just saw that and fire thought. Fire a very similar method. They're not forcing it, but it's like almost at times where we're, we're mobile, we're skillful, we're <laughs> fast. Every so often when something breaks down, they're not afraid to you know explore a little bit, push a couple of passes, move the point of attack, make a team, make repetitive efforts, and then off the back of it a few times there, they've got to quick play the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other thing benefit of having Sony out there was the kicks. You saw a nice kick there for Nate. You saw a drop out. He has a lot of strings to his bow having He's been big in, Definitely, yeah. So just finding a way to keep him healthy, upright, protected, so you can reap those benefits on attack. It certainly, again, they were already going to town on him, but it turbocharged him in my opinion yeah, it did. when he got onto the field. and Deal, what we said before, you can't say enough about what he does in terms of effort. Yardage, set starts, push on the ball, always been around the ruck, organising their defensive line. But, um, yeah, to grab a four bag for him, for a bloke that doesn't really get those sort of moments, I thought that was really good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, A bit of an unsung hero, yeah. Guy doesn't score probably nah. as many as what he would in another team or as many as some of the more fancied fullbacks in the comp. But No. Nah. And yeah. huge, like I said, Tago's effort first half, like two live breaks, 150-plus metres, he just absolutely gouged that edge. Mm. And... Again, played left to go right, kicked the door and basically whenever they felt like it. Um, they had no problems doing what they wanted to do at any point. Laota, really good in his role again, stepping up. Toto, huge game. Uh, Hosking really found a place in those few games with Nath. I'll be interested to see if they push Martin to the left and yeah. stick with him. Like Sorensen, naturally, I think is the one easily who goes back to your middle rotation. But I think in Hosking, whether they keep him there with Nath put Martin over the other side. I don't know, but I think they'll be their back rolls. So Yeah, I think so too. Hosking's improved every week. Mm. Uh, in terms of Manly, can't say a lot of positives for a lot of people probably besides Jake. Didn't miss a tackle, played the 80 again. Probably the thing that gets me though, I saw Tom in the warm-up struggling and they basically admitted afterwards that he was and he played through the first half and then got that needle. I don't understand why you would have bothered if he was that bad. You had Johns there who you could have pushed in the halves. You could have let Weeks play his natural position of fullback. Bring Samuel in for his debut. You can use him as a middle or an edge, however. Yeah, but he but certainly like having been there during the week, he didn't have issues during the week. No, I know, but he did on game day and you had the option there. And then even to let it go on yeah, but like they did, then they put Cooper Obviously the in. medical staff Lawton was made defending. the decision. Yeah, Lawton's defending at centre. Said he's fine. I'm sure he didn't want to play it either, but if you ended up with a needle, he shouldn't have played, especially with the amount of time no, they've put I, I, I disagree. For back spasms. For the amount of time they're putting him, I wouldn't have let him play. Why? Because you're paranoid about his hamstrings. Well, they're back, saying they, the medical staff there think his hamstrings are fine. Your back tightness generally is linked in with yeah, your glutes. You're, you're not a doctor. I know. You don't know, you don't know more than them. They see him every day. No, I know. They know what they're doing. But I'm just saying, for the amount of injuries this I mean, guy's that, had. The commentary around that this week has been ridiculous. People should just shut up because you, you don't know. You're not there. They, they see him every day. They're treating him every day. They know best to make that decision. And they're certainly well aware of what you've just said in that, of course, they don't want to risk him. Of course, they don't want to lose him. Well, even if the game went They're not going to... Take him off. It was a bloodbath. No, I disagree. He's okay. Let him go. 
No, he didn't look I, good. I thought what Seabold said was, yeah, I, I didn't mind what he said. Just in and around, you you want him, you want to build confidence and you want to get him through. And, you know, there's going to be periods there where he has to play injured and play busted. And, yeah, I think if he hadn't had hamstring issues, we'd, we wouldn't even be talking about it. Well, he hasn't finished three of the last four seasons. I think that's why a lot of people are looking at it. Like, oh, of course. You know. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, Jake was good. There wasn't many others. Kelmer, not a great day. Weeks, tough initiation. Like I said, when you're getting gouged anywhere and everywhere on the field and you're getting isolated. Harper got an absolute bath. Parker, Lawton, when he got pushed in the centre. It wasn't a great day for a lot of the guys on the edges, that's for sure. No, just possession. Like, they had 25% possession and 25% of the territory in the first half. There's your game. How that happened, some of that was via their own poor discipline. Some of it was via really, really good play by Penrith. They got jumped at the start of the game. They they were nowhere near where they needed to be to start it. And, yeah, they, they didn't, I guess, achieve anything they wanted to achieve. Mm. I guess the other thing... We had a similar plan. Like we, we, ended up, we ended up with a win, and they ended up getting the doors blown off them. So... Mm. You lose law. It wasn't through a lack of uh, a lack of prep or a lack of a, a plan, but sometimes best laid plans are yeah, they, they don't work. Mm. OBs are hurting. You know, to lose Cooler, two Palotu, now Garrick, uh, they're very short in that area. Like to be honest, I I don't they tried to offload Harper at the start of the year, so I don't think they want to use him, but you basically have to with the way the top thirty works and get an exemption if he's available. Um Lawton now popped his shoulder, don't know whether they're gonna be able to rehab that or it's gonna be surgery, we'll find out. And then Schuster. Schuster's been 50-50 a few times. He looks like he's 50-50 again this week. So for them, I'm sure that's extremely frustrating. Oh, I don't think it's frustrating. I think it's just a necessary evil at the moment. You don't you don't really want to put him in and have him be busted. Mm. So well, he's you... one that the medical staff are looking at going, he's not right, so he's not playing. So I don't understand how people can criticise and say, well, Schuster, you know, he's in one week out, the next week he's always under an injury cloud. Well, they're obviously managing that, but then they're criticising, saying that they should pull Tom out. Like, I look at it and go, okay, doesn't make any sense to me. Well, we'll leave that one behind. Not a happy week for Manly after a positive start, the draw last week. Certainly got to do some work. You go through these periods in the season. You know that they're going to come. We we spoke about their defence. It certainly needs to be worked on. You can't cop 32 after leading... And then cop forty four and not think you don't have a problem with your defense. Yeah, they've certainly got one. But it's it's not also it's yes it's a defense issue, but it's that you're doing too much of it. It's a possession issue, which comes back to uh, discipline in a lot of ways, handling errors and penalties, set restarts. Well, that's probably the only criticism out of Penrith. To be honest, they let them out of yardage with some average penalties, but they were that dominant. It didn't matter in the end. Hmm. But they did that against Brisbane. I thought it hurt them in that game. It's hurt them in a few games, but they cleaned that up. Um, and it's going to get better across the year, I assume. They're, they're just going to get better and better. You'd think so. Raiders Broncos, 20-14. to 14. Uh, Like we said last week, they started similar last season. They needed to get a result. And sure enough, uh, a week where people question Ricky, question the team. White and suspended. Tarpany has to pull out late, stay home for the birth of his bub. Croker comes back in for his first game in over a year. and We finally saw everything we haven't seen this year, in particular defensively. They were tough. Their intent was there. They're much better at their contact. Kick pressure, player one, two, set starts. And probably the biggest thing here is they saved multiple tries. They scrambled. They worked their asses off. Mm-hmm. Reese Walsh, a couple of times, looked like he had them pulled apart on an edge. 
one, I thought he just needed to. He literally dived in and threw that ball when he didn't need to. And this is the thing with Brisbane, right? They there's a style of game that mm. Brisbane want to play. Dolphins almost dragged him down into this sort of a game. Well, yeah. I guess they did. And the Raiders just took that blueprint and went, "We're going to bash you. We're going to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's going to be slow and messy. Flash, but- we're going to yeah, we're going to make it a difficult game." So Brisbane now, like that, this is the key for Brisbane. That was like a semi-final type game. They need to. Learn how to win in difficult circumstances. Yeah, when like things that. aren't they, flowing. They will. They almost did. Yeah. Had a couple of um, unlucky calls go against them at the end that we've covered earlier, and yeah, they'll, they'll be better for that. I think it was an unreal win for the Raiders. Like, yeah, well, not a must win, but it's certainly one that they wouldn't wouldn't well, have for two points. Sure. And I think the bigger thing here, he, you know, they're going to get Tarpany back this week. You know, Jack's coming back. Savage is only going to be a week or two away. Whether they want to give him a running cup, I don't know, because it's a long stint out. Kotrick was rumoured to be very close as well. And then they've had inconsistency in their spine because, obviously, Savage hasn't been there from the start. Levi gets injured, suspension in your half. Fogarty was sick for a game. So they've sort of rotated through a few of those key positions. Yeah. But if you can get Jack back with Fogarty, we know Levi's not going to be there for a little bit. But if Savage kind of comes back in the picture, Chris pushes back in the OBs, Kotrick comes back in your wing, you're getting back to the best version of yourself. Rapana had a, a vintage Rapana game. The yeah. games you sort of expected where you were getting every week. Peak Canberra time, obviously, on the, on the finals runs with him and Leilua and that yardage and set starting a tackle busting. He had a real bee in his bonnet, obviously. That was ended with a knee in the head at the back end of the night. But that was a vintage Rapana game. Uh, Croker defensively was probably a worry, but he did his job. Marked up on Stags, big ask. Really did a good job there. His goal kicking obviously comes up clutch. Going up in sixes rather than fours obviously makes a hell of a difference. Uh, and Big Red, who's been really good all year. He plays on the line, but he had a good game again. Thought Papa stepped up in a big moment. And then even Fogarty. Fogarty's sort of unsung, but drops the kick on the head after that line break. He had the awareness when he went through on Wolford's dummy that it was play five coming up. So he tips off the whitehead, puts himself in a position... Looks out, sees there are a couple short, drops that kick on Hopper's head. Um, obviously had a hand in a couple of the other lines. I just thought he was really, really composed. and He was. Took yeah. uh, the steering wheel in, in a game that they needed to close out. And, but we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I was saying, yeah, even in their two-man contact, their one, their three-on-ones, like they weren't winning first-up contact. They're letting guys fall on their front. They're not winning the ground. Like They weren't scrambling. There just seemed to be a lack of effort in all those areas. All, the same thing we talked about the Cowboys, all the free stuff. For Cambria, other night. That was all there. Yeah, it was. But the scramble on goal line, the amount of times I thought they were going to get pulled apart, particular their their left edge D, Brisbane's right, where Walsh is swinging down or getting ball, they looked busted a few times and they found a way to stop it. So on that side of things, a real good confidence boost. And then we'll look at the lineup soon, but a couple of troops back in hopefully this week. At home, it's a must win against the Dragons. Yeah, and they have to keep kicking from here again to sort of... We spoke about it earlier. You pull need, their you really pants need up. To, yeah, you need to... Um, Bank before Origin. And yeah, and you again, need to string a few in a row together. I think Origin, like I said, it's, it's a real advantage for them because the last few years, it's only been Popper and Jack. And Popper's minutes are getting less and less so he can back up. And Jack either plays bench or OBs. <laughs> so he's generally able to back up. Yeah. So if they can get into this period, get their spine players sort of back in and be the best version of themselves, they should be able to get the whip out and try and make up some ground rather than do what they did last year and have to track down eight or nine wins at the back end of the year. They don't want to be doing that again. Yeah. Uh, but for Brisbane, I guess, like we said, it's different style of game. Someone challenged him physically, tried to bring him into the fight. We know what a quality forward pack they've got, uh, but they probably just need to embrace that physical game a bit more. 
because yeah. that's going to come back in from the Roosters, back in from the Storm and those sort of teams we're talking about that they've also got coming up along with Souths and Power those four weeks prior origin. And they're going to be asked more of those sort of questions from those better packs. Absolutely, my friend. Yep, there you go. Uh, you know, Haas, really good again. Thought Walsh had his moments to spot the errors, Carrigan, but yeah, we move on from that one. Your boys, the Titans, bit of sweet revenge. Lost, weird, weird game. Lost to the Dragons, but you win this one. It was a yo-yo, that's for sure. You two fucking hate each other, don't you? Yep. When Molo hits him in the head early, then Tino... Sparks the bit of a melee with Clark and everyone in after he ragdolls. Like Slow and I was like, where'd this come from? I know the games are always close, Can but I finish? Titans Dragons. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a weird rivalry with that one. Like I'm sitting in my head going, have you stolen players off each other? Is there any links between the two? There's not really any link. Yeah. That's why I find it so odd. But every time you play, <clears throat> it's like you and the Warriors. You and the Warriors always have good games too. Yeah. But uh I think, again, a lot of people blamed Hunt at the end. Was it his inside shoulder? Yeah, it was his inside shoulder. But I go the flip side again, unfortunately, for some Dragons fans out there. If Hunt doesn't play for you, you don't fucking stand a chance. So I can forgive Hunt on a moment like that. I can't. Because... That's unforgivable. Oh, for the most part, he set up the other try. No, I, I know that. I'm, I'm just saying, if he doesn't play for the Dragons, there's not many people no, I forgive. But that's a shocker. If Ben Hunt decided last year, all right, fuck this place, I'm out. I'm going to the Dolphins or elsewhere. I'd love to see where the Dragons are right yeah, now. No, no, I agree. That's all I'm saying. I agree. I'm not he's defending he's the moment because it was Cardinal Sin. He turned out and he backpedaled. And the thing is, they've been jamming all game on that edge. That's the first time they were passive and they got let Toby Sexton go through <laughs> And that tough little bugger, he played the game. I don't know when, but he had a broken wrist that was confirmed afterwards. So I don't know when that happened. They didn't say whether it was early or what happened. But I thought he was hard done by not to be getting a run over Boyd. He comes in without foreign, without Brimson, without all the extra pieces. And I think he played better than Boyd. Just some small stuff like we were sitting there watching. Yeah, like, there was a yardage set there where you're under the pump a little bit. The, the D-line's tight and... He just rips a three-man pass out into space, and they sort of pick up 20 metres and play off the back of it. He digs into the line there where Campbell uses him on a hard line, turns around, throws that offload. Like just, I think he's a more natural half to me than what Boyd is. And I know there's a link there. He's come through with David Fafita. Probably feels comfortable with him more naturally, but I just, honestly, if you're watching them for what they are, and in particular, I raved about last year, the short kicking game. He was leading four dropouts of the competition. I think he, surrounded by the quality he brought him this year, would have been a lot better served than what he was the 20 games he was given last year. Yeah, it's fair. And I thought, based off that, maybe he would have got a look in. But now that he's busted his fucking wrist, I think Foran's back this week. I don't know about Brimson, but he might miss his opportunity again here. Uh, I thought Leeming looked sharp. He basically was what I'd seen in England. Yeah. Gets out of dummy half, tries to push up field, floats around the football. I certainly certainly think you're better off for him. I I think he will stay in your rotation when Verrills is back. If not, I'd you know use Randall for what he is, sort of the dirt worker, and then inject him into the game. So probably not a bad mid-season pickup from the, the no, sample the other it day. Is, yeah, definitely. I'm um, certainly in position of need, that's for sure. Then mm. you look at the flip now where Newcastle traded Jim for Marju. I know Marju's going great, but you certainly don't lack an outside backs. But you look at nine now that they've lost Brayley. It's not saying Randall's a world beater, but there's certainly a, a lack of quality depth for nines everywhere. So pretty handy that you picked up him and you picked up Leeming. I think it's probably standard for anybody now. I think you need minimum three guys that can play nine. Two legit nines, but you at least need a third option. Yeah, you do. You've actually got three genuine options now, depending on when Verrells gets back. So it's certainly not a bad situation to be in. 
Um, Hunt, Sua were probably the two standouts here. That Ravalo has been good. It looks like he's he's injured now, but yeah, this this was a weird game, and they've gone you know sort of win loss win loss every week. The efforts there, but more talk now for the Dragons about this board meeting, and they're going to talk about the other candidates. Essentially, what we said the other week, they, they had a decision, hard decision they should have made in the off season when they were already telling everybody and players and managers that were disturbed that he wasn't going to be there, but they didn't have the balls to sack him. And now, essentially, they're giving him a bit of a pat on the back and saying he's involved or he's reapplying for his job, which is a nice way of saying you're fucking fired, Bob. Mm. He's gone. Yep. But I still look at the other way where I, I, if I'm Riles or Dan Young, I don't care if you play at this club or you've got ties to this club. Young's probably got even more because of his father and that. This is not the first job I want. Hmm. And in the current situation, I don't want it. Um, I know Hasler would jump on it in a heartbeat, and they've yeah, talked about him because yeah, he doesn't really have a choice. But I, I don't know if for him, if, if for them, if I want him in because his genuine game there has usually been to bend the salary cap out of shape if he can get his hands on it. They didn't have a recruit manager, and I'm really managing anything at the moment. That Flanagan sort of move him that role. That Millwood before that, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Hmm. Um, and then your other one that was mentioned was a Flanagan who I know has been there. If I'm Flanagan, I'm, I'm waiting. I think I can get a better job. And I'd been there in that capacity. And if I am going back as Flanagan, I want full control and a long-term deal. Yeah. And to be fair, if the Dragons, what argument they've got against that right now? None. He's got a track record and they're in fucking hole. So if they're going to get him in, mm. I, think, I think it's... Mm, I think to get Shane, mate, it's going to take a pretty impressive offer. Yeah. Big money. We're talking up near like when he was a premiership winning coach, probably 750, 800,000, five-year deal, time to flip the roster over and build the pathways. Yeah. Mm. Going to finish. <laughs> Who would you hire if you were them? The Dragons. Right now, with what's available, would you be looking, like, to me, I've said, we've been talking about this whole time, I think Flanagan's the best coach available if you're not going to rookie. Yeah. He's a premiership winning coach. But does he want that job? <laughs> Don't know. Mm. I don't know from what I've seen and I, I get to work with him a couple of days a week he seems pretty happy where he is at the moment but I can't talk for him I, I don't know nah. he he obviously wants to be a head coach yeah well so, but you probably also you want to be in a um, in a position where you know you're going to be able to succeed and like you said yeah. have the right I, I things think... in place like how much control we have who's recruitment yeah. Who will be his assistant coaches? What's the cap position? What's the roster position? Where, where they're All at. All that stuff. I yeah. honestly Length don't think they'd contract. have much choice. They'd have to fucking just lay down. And look, realistically, he'd have more inside knowledge on all of that than anyone having been there only recently. And that's anything I thought. He could probably sit down with them and go, yeah, well, what, you... what did, he, did he leave? Did he leave because he wanted to be an assistant coach again? Or did he leave because he didn't want to, he didn't want to be at St. George? He didn't rate what was going on at St. George and he was looking for another... Well, he had a couple of roles. Another so gig. Yeah, I, I know. I sort I of know. said what I said to you, that I thought all the noise from the offset... Because if you want to coach, you want to coach. Like, the other the other jobs he was doing were no, cool. and that's why I thought he's not coaching. maybe he's moved on because so, he can actually coach actively. They've given him yeah. room where if he gets a job, he can leave. Um, but I thought where he was for all the roles he was picking up, the extra responsibility they gave him, then the noise around Griffin, it was fucking pretty obvious to me that he was the natural one I would have brought in and said, do you want the job right now? And what's it going to take? We've yep. got you looking at our juniors, our pathways, recruitment, everything else around the bloody joint. Yeah. We may as well fucking sort out a way here to do what you did at Cronulla, where Ricky got usurped and shit went sideways and they 
punted him and he finished the year and then it was just a slow build. He got the pathways and the club heading in the right direction and took some time, but it bared fruit. And they're reaping the benefits ever since. Yeah. Because it's been maintained by guys that he had under him in pathways who come through coaching and that set up and they could certainly use a rejig in the situation they're in right now. Mm. Absolutely. So, yeah, but uh, Jaden Campbell, he was brilliant. Very, very good. Thought he was very, one very of your good. best. Semi, uh, you always say how underrated he is. He had a very good game oh, as I well. Mean, he's plenty my of work. Favorite player. Two seventy-five meters, about twelve tackle busts. That try was a cracker. Was. And even Dave, Dave had some nice moments. Tell you what, he's reminded me of Dave Taylor. The way he's zinging those cutout passes lately. It's a couple of times there. Stop throwing. Got to pay some uh, credit to their defense. They stopped Alofiana Khan Pereira. Twice where it looked like David got him there. And then Dave had one himself. But Sua, who had a great game, slapped out of his hand and said, get you in out of the cookie jar. Mm. So I uh, thought he had a pretty good game and get your hand out of it, as man. well. But yeah, the old uh, Raiders-Dragons game this week. They used to be the curse and then the curse was reversed. Yeah. That's generally always a good game. And your Titans, the Derby, the Broncos. Bring them on. Please tell me we're not going to have a repeat. Wasn't it last year you led both? And got mowed down. One game it was like 40 point turnaround. Yeah, it's happened two years in a row. That was awful. I was sitting here with you cheering. I think I might have even had a bet on the Titans. That's why I was so happy. Yeah. And then they just melted down and I was like buzzed from that film clip. No! Can you let me finish? Uh, we move on from that one. Warriors up against Newcastle. Um, it felt like the Sharks game all over again, to be honest. Div- sort of the, the, divot end, the, the divot from the first half that they dug themselves... Felt like it was something they, they wouldn't be able to overcome. And second half, they just rose up like the Undertaker and started fighting their way back in it again. <laughs> um, and then when they got themselves right on the precipice, heartbreak. Man, like just simple out of dummy half with a man down on the ground. I think it was Walker, maybe Jazz, and that was sort of stuck around the ruck there. And he pokes his nose through. And then not long after, they get him again with Marju to close it out. But... You know, um, it, I think both sides were, were tough. Like, for what Newcastle have dealt with this year, injury-wise, for Braley to do his ACL again, Phoenix Crossland, who's been used everywhere, fullback, half, hooker, 13, utility. thought he did a good job with Hastings, who's obviously been the one focal yeah, point. Solid thing there. You know, he followed up his own kick and, and scored a try and had some nice moments with the ball. And um, Hastings certainly got Miller. I think Miller's been probably the buy of the year. Yeah. He was bloody brilliant again. If he's not goal-kicking now, the tap play with, with Dom Young where he follows through and they flip the field and they score the next play off the back of it. Um, Gags has certainly come back with some energy. And I think Frizz, I think it might be last year of contract and has been the happiest time there. He's certainly playing with these angry pills at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. He's smoked a few people. <laughs> he looks like he's uh, certainly in a mood. But, uh, yeah, I thought they were, they were tough considering the circumstances as well. But... The Warriors, uh, Egan, unfortunately, another head knock. He's looking at a stand-down period again. Uh, Tohu pulls out late. Poor Tamari Martin, who's had a great start to the year. Crossland sort of rolls up on the back of his leg, and the tough bastard played on for a little bit longer after that. But now six to eight weeks with a fractured leg, that uh, that hurts. Absolutely. Um, hurts. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> you know, and for them this week, again, like we talk about spine stability, Chance is playing. Excellent football again. Back to looking like the chance that he was early doors for Canberra. And even had a couple of nice moments with the ball. Bit of a double pump getting to the line. The crash play last play where he has the offload. Um, certainly trying to help out a bit more there. And 
but they're going to need it because you take Egan out again, you get Lasik back in, you lose Martin. I mean, that Metcalf's out long term. Now they're going to have to call out Volkman again. Just sort of struggling week to week here to keep health around their spine and a couple of forwards. Barnett's been missing. Uh, but they've been certainly brave. Pompey had some nice moments on best. Showed him a, a clean pair of heels with that step off the scrum where he just completely turned him inside out. Hmm. Um, Johnson, again, a couple of nice moments with the ball, but probably the two no tries what got me. We, we watched them both before. The one where Johnson runs at the back of Miller, I, I sort of don't know what you want Miller to do. Miller passes and he's yeah, was, not looking for like, him. I know Best tough. comes back through and you'd say, oh, that was a space. But I'm like, well, he's literally only just passed the ball like a moment ago. Like, what do you want him to do? Just stop following the ball. Like, he doesn't know Johnson's there. Naturally, he's following the football. Yeah. The other one we'll talk about was the inside-outside shoulder one. Um, forgot who it was now, but I think it was off the scrum. Chance gets the outside angle and drags a couple of defenders in, but Hastings gets hit on the inside. Uh, the contact's made there. Some people were, were questioning on that. Others thought it was a clear no try. I sort of thought he got the inside and he was sort of flat and kind of bracing for him, so I, I don't know. Yeah, tough one. There was two there, but at the end of the day, you can't defend the way the Warriors did in the first half. They conceded four tries, and they went to half-time down 22-6. Like the, the Dom Young one, it was that same edge where the Sharks popped him a few times earlier last week, but this time the hole was too great to come back from. Yeah, they sort of got mixed decisions there where one's shooting, one's holding. They, they probably need to tighten things up because for the most part, you know, Cozy and all that have been really, really good on that edge in attack, but defensively, they've just got some stuff to work out, I think. Yeah. But... Yeah, Young carried a man over. Um, not long after that, the Frizz one's just off a kick. You can't do much off that. Um, got to clean it up for the most part. You'd like to think so. And Phoenix off the two kicks. They're, they're those sort of ones where it's just, you know, a bit of effort and a bit of luck at times. And for Newcastle, you work hard, you get rewarded. And in the last few weeks, they've done that. They dug themselves out of a hole last week. They worked hard again. The other night, and I think this proves the point that this is the style of football they play regardless of whether you have Ponger in the team or not because they certainly don't play this physical and this this much effort when he's in the side. Yeah. So he needs to mould back into what's going on here and play his role, but this needs to remain for Adam O'Brien. This call. Yeah. Um, and I feel really bad for Braley. Second ACL. I think it was the Peck. Before that, he's had a, he's had a horrid run in his time there. Quality player, but uh, this is going to hurt. Absolutely. I, I don't know his situation... Contract-wise, and even nine now, I don't know what they do. They're probably going to have to share it between Phoenix and Man, or they're going to have to dedicate one of those players and their million utilities they've got. Like Certainly, Phoenix. Yeah, it's not, a, not an ideal situation. It's going to be hard to solve it if mm. Crossland doesn't work out. Well, it's got to be Crossland, Man, or they're going to have to commit to a Sasagi or someone else who's like a utility player to play that nine role. And their cup team, I think they've been playing Kobe Ruggles, who was one of their flag kids, who I doubt they're going to throw in now mm. they had Randall who was your sort of solid backup option who they obviously traded for Marju um, but yeah the nine situation now someone's going to have to tie that down as you, as you know for the year because yeah. the ACL he's not coming back so that's how can go and find one and this is the thing that we just talked about the market's so slim mm. so if you're anybody out there unless it's a guy that no one's looking at or very unheralded I think it's finder very hard to find a nine or you do what you guys have done. You've dipped into England twice. Now you've got Leeming and Michaela who's playing for you this week. Yeah, well, maybe there's a market for Randall to go back. So, I don't know, but... Now that they've got Leeming. Well, yeah. I guess they trade without Verrills. I doubt they're going to let him go back. They let him go yeah, for a yeah. reason. It'd yeah. be almost a waste of the trade. 
But well, they've got but they've got three hookers there now. So mm. they're very like really eight, eight to ten weeks. Boys. So Randing and Leeming are going to be, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm still still happy with what I've seen from the Warriors. But yeah, tidy up that one edge. Uh, they're doing obviously a lot of things in the effort side of things, but yeah, the Are they going to this week? The Warriors? No, the Tigers do. The Warriors are Who playing are the play? Cowboys. Where's that? I think it's in New Zealand. Oh, it's in New Zealand. So going home, Tohu back in. Uh, like I said, a couple of changes to the spine with those injuries. I don't know if Barnett's back. That would be certainly helpful. But yeah. Oh, money up. We've got him in New South Wales Cup. So I'm pretty sure it's New Zealand this week for them. Um, let me just have a quick look. Mount Smart Stadium. On what day? 3pm on Saturday. Okay. We play 3pm Sunday. So they won't be flying anyone over. Dylan Walker <laughs> has been named at 6. Freddie Lussick has been named at 9. Bailey Siren is still in the back row. Tohu's named again, even though he's pulled out. Volkman? Two weeks in a row. Volkman's in the 20. I think there'll yeah. be a late swap for him. I don't think they'll carry Tuapiki. I think Tuapiki will be out. Yeah, he's played fullback the last few weeks. Because they've got Chance. So you've got Jazz, Arle, Curran. Uh, if anything, I think it'll be Volkman in for Tuapiki and late swap for Walker to get back to the bench. Um, unless they want to debut one of their kids. You know, they've got Dimitrik, Sifakula, Ali Lawateo, Zaya Ma'u's in the middle. So it just depends how they want to make up their bench. Yeah. But <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know about Tane on the bench if you've got Chance there at the back. Mm. Unless you've got questions, I think you'd be better off just playing Volkman straight up in the halves. Yeah. So maybe a late switch there. Uh, not too sure. But moving on from that one, good result, like we said. Uh, Ponga back in the next couple of weeks. And then for the Warriors, I guess, you know, Martin's out long term. So I, I, that's why I'm sort of thinking, surely you commit to Volkman if you know him and Metcalf aren't available. Yeah. Like I know Walker's been doing a great job, but I'd rather him stay in that 13 middle floating type role that he's been playing in tandem with Jazz. Um, and yeah the nine situation for Newcastle interesting to see but I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would be available unless they dig really really deep um, mm. for somebody but mm. yeah mm. Eels Tigers to finish up uh, this one I didn't see is in greater depth as the other games I watched across the weekend but from what I saw Moses was the difference his boot yeah they play with their food his goal kicking 22-6 and took their foot off the pedal and the Tigers came at him late but Tigers probably yeah, made a couple of crucial errors and you always felt like Parramatta were going to win, but the West Tigers, they just kept giving the West Tigers an in. No, I think this has been the story of their season though. They have a, they've had a close game every week. Yeah. And they've either won tight uh, or lost tight and just haven't really been able to close out a game or play a whole lady. Yeah. They're in control of the Sharks game and they let that lead slip. They were in control of the Melbourne game, went to Golden Point, lost that game, then they beat Penrith of all teams. And then they almost lose to the Tigers. And this has actually been a game the last few years where they have fucking lost. It's been common that it's either them or the Bulldogs when they've been in a hole that Parramatta just seem to give these type of games up. Yeah. Um, yeah. A guy who's actually impressed me, and I know there hasn't been a lot of positives. I like him. He's got a few errors in his game, but he's pretty bloody talented. Junior Tupo, the winger. Good player. He's got a couple of errors, but... Yeah, very... He can offload the ball. He can break tackles. He's quick. There's some spark there. He does push some things, but... Certainly a bit to work with. Absolutely. Um, and I think for them, they were similar to what I think all the time. First half, I didn't know what they wanted to do in attack, but when scoreboard pressure was off and they were basically allowed to play from behind, they loosened up. Yeah. They play more direct. The ball starts to move. They put a dent in you. They start to dig in. Stain's got some opportunities to sweep around, use his speed to create um, some numbers. 
think Arpy, I know a lot of people have been bagging on Arpy. I still think Arpy's two steps ahead of most people, and that's the reason why it looks like he's not playing well. Yeah. I don't think he's playing bad. I think he's in a situation where people around him don't understand him, like where he was. Yeah. So what he does best is sort of not being showcased because the people around him are fucking two steps behind what he's trying to do half the time. Mm. But in terms of craft, I think he's still trying to make things happen, but it's just not, they're not on the same page. And then the other blow, like we talked about every week, they've changed their spine, they're going to have to change it again now. Because Dewey, obviously, third time, ACL, same knee. Um, him gone for the year, so whether it's a lorry, who they said trained some halves, or they commit to Wakeham, it's a decision for them to make, I guess, because it looked like Laurie was on the out of that, an offer for him for one year, didn't take it, gone back to the table, they've had the issues they've had within the last few weeks, which I don't, I, to me it's a non-issue, liking a poster to try, even though it's against you, like, who fucking yeah. the players like all that shit, whether it's against them or out, like, mm. see heaps of names, if you want to go look, trust me, you'll find players from your team liking stuff, that either against them or for other guys, they're all yeah. mates now, that's a fucking overreaction, um, but, yeah, uh, and I guess Wakem was a last-minute signing. So they need to figure out what's their best option there and who they want to go with. Yeah. They had a few other guys they brought in their cup set up. I think it might have been Tristan Riley they brought over from Union who played some six, plays centre fullback a couple of spots. I don't know if they'd look down that road. Um, but, I, like I said, I, I guess probably the buy doesn't come at a better time for them. They've been hit for six, week in, week out. Talk about Pasco, the Anzac jersey. The spine switches the games with the media, etc. they need to bunker down for a week, not let anything fucking leak out of the joint and really work on what is working well, which clearly they're getting upfield pretty easily. Yeah. They're generating offloads, but they concede too easily. They don't do back-to-back sets, and they're not scoring when they get inside 20. Basically, their biggest two issues are in both 20s, defensively and offensively. Yeah. Because those everyone's been going on about. Meters offload, all that. there's a lot of positives. Okay, but if you're not putting on the scoreboard and you can see it the other way, it doesn't fucking matter. You can give me all the numbers you want and say they're a great attacking team, or the points aren't going up and they're conceding 20 plus points a game. Yeah. So, mm. figure out your spine. Uh, like you said, just commit to your best 17 players and um, fucking stop leaking like a sieve. True. But for Parramatta, I guess, on the flip side of things, it's been a tough start of the year as well. Draw-wise, similar to what we talked about for, say, a South. Started under man. They got Lane back. He was rusty in his first game. Looked a little bit off the pace, but that'll take a couple of weeks. Madison, I thought, was really good. Um, he's built back into things nicely. Yeah. Brown's been a little bit underdone, but again, with the lack of forward movement, not winning those games, not winning the middle, being how they've sort of been, it's sort of taken him out of the way they like to attack or play their football. Now he's got Lane back and they've settled down that edge. I think that'll be better for them. They looked a little bit better yesterday. Yeah. Mm. I think that'll certainly bring you know a bit more happiness and stability to that side of the field. Um, and then, yeah, it gives them a bit more options next week when they get Paulo back in with Hopgood, him, Lane. Certainly makes their forward pack and their rotation a bit easier. Definitely. They're yeah. still working on that nine situation. It looks like they're going to stick with that with Hands and Hodgson and the best way they balance that out. But I think for them, two and six, the, the biggest thing you can take away is the fact they got mm. that win against Penrith. There's something there. I guess the question is, can they improve? Can they stop getting into these gunfights where they've probably blown a couple of games they shouldn't have so far? Yeah. Um, and again, when the origin period comes, really, Paul is your only walk-up start, really, for the last few years. Can they bank some wins and try and make up a little bit of ground in that period? That's your real question. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up the reviews of the games from the week. Boxhead, let's have a look. 
at the odds and do our previews thanks to bluebet.com.au. Download the app today or visit the website, the True Blue Bookie. Support them like they support us and our charity account. But just remember, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelpline.org.au. Uh, the first game we have to kick us off, the Dolphins up against South. So you got Wayne, the Wayne train up against his old club. I was waiting for some mind games. I'm sure Demetrio's smart enough not to buy in after <laughs> spending enough time with Wayne. I'm, I'm sure he won't say anything. You'd think so. I think your only problem is some of the players are probably dumb enough to say something. Mm. There's a couple of guys there I could see this week maybe saying something which they might regret. But uh, if I was them this week, I'd be very quiet and just focus on the game. But looking at that side of things for the Dolphins, Robert Jennings gets his first game. Uh, he's in on the wing. They've got Edric Lee uh, out of the side. Ray Stone starts alongside Bromwich, who returns in the front row, pushing Essie back to the bench. Jared Wallace is the one who misses out. He got a Category 1 concussion, so he's out. And for the Rabbitohs, Alex Johnston returns on the other wing. Isaac Thompson has been named for now, but he's going to be monitored during the week. Tane Milne is there as the possible replacement. And Jai Arrow is the big in, but as soon as he gets back in, poor Tatola. Tatola, I think, has played three games this year, not finished one of them. He's another one I look at and I go, well, he obviously is finishing his rehab, but maybe they need to give him an extra week or two. Because yeah. at the moment, he took his first carry on the weekend, grabbed his knee. <laughs> so it's like, well, fuck, is his rehab really finished? Or are you squirting on middles and you think you can maybe push him through? Maybe just make sure he's all good for the back end of the year. So... Uh, that's a big in for them. Um, where's it at? Suncorp? That'd be a big crowd, you'd think. Huge. South Dolphins. Oh, I'm going to stick with South, but I reckon this would be a belter. Because yeah, anytime I'll... Wayne seems to play anything, anywhere that he's been or anything that's linked to him, he certainly knows how to get his troops up. So, yeah. Um, I think this would be close. Agree. You on the bunnies? Yeah. And the odds of bluebet.com.au, they're not close. The Dolphins. Sponsored by Bluebet are three sixty. The bunnies are a dollar twenty nine. You get eleven and a half start. Wow! So if uh, what they've showed so far in these big games ain't the go, boy, I don't think they'll be rolling over that easily. And I think they're a team the way they play that can certainly frustrate the likes of a Latrell or a Cody and yeah, maybe uh, drag it down to a bit of a shit fight. Just have to do it early. Get those guys <laughs> off kilter a bit, but we'll wait and see how that plays out. 6 p.m. game. What a corker. At the Priz, it's the Sharks up against the Roosters. And for the Sharks, very timely. Wade Graham back from suspension. Oregon Kafusi off his concussion. Well needed. Toby Rudolph is looking like he's out for 12 weeks. Fanukin suspended still for a few weeks. So they're going to start with Royce Hunt in the front row with Ueli. And then they're going to have McInnes move into the 13. Trindle goes into the reserves. Tom Hazelden gets called in for his first game of the season. So their middle rotation off the bench, they've got Williams, Kafusi, Hazelton, Wade Graham. So two genuine middles, a back row middle, and I guess Wade can cover anywhere from middle to halves if you need to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those outs probably speak to what we said about their preview. They're sort of in that window where they've got a bit of depth, luckily for them, um, and they can sort of cover up. But on the Rooster side of things, big ins as well. Tedesco is back from his concussion. That means Manu can go back to the centers, Hutchison back to the bench. Turpin out of the team, and Matt Lodge has been included for his first game for a while. So that certainly helps them with what they're looking to do in their middles. Yeah, for sure. Um, tough one. Robinson up against Fitzgibbon as well. Mm. I might go the Sharkies. Yeah, I was going to say. It's at the Priz. 
tough. Um, probably a situation for both these teams where they're out, you know, two and three off the bye. And then you got the Roosters, three and three. I, I think they're both going to want to win. But, yeah, um, again, Lodge, underdone. You've got Nafahu, May, and Hutch on the bet. Like, in terms of what they got in their middle, I still prefer what the Sharks have probably got on their side of things. Um, yeah, uh, interesting. Tight one again, but, mm. yeah, I, I'll stick with the Sharkies. Mm. Mm. For Cronulla, for Buzz. Yeah. Yeah, and the Sharks, mate. Yeah. They are the outsiders at the Priz with bluebet.com.au. $2.15. The Roosters, $1.70 minus 2.5 the line. I think this is a 1 to 12 if you like that. three thirty for the Sharkies, $3 for the Roosters. 8 o'clock, the Battle of Brookvale. Manly up against the Storm. Uh, obviously looking, hopefully, for a much better showing than what they gave last week. Otherwise, big trouble, little China. But Ruben Garrick, he's out. He failed his HIA last week. So Raymond Vega gets his third NRL game. He's in on the wing. Carl Lawton is also out. Aaron Woods is caught up on the bench for his first appearance. Tyler Sitley also joins him. And Sean Kepi goes out to 18th man. Cooper Johns will start at 5'8". They've got Schuster named in the reserves, but I doubt he's going to play um, if they're not confident. And K.O. Weeks goes back to the bench. Tom Trevojevic is named for the time being. I guess we'll see how the week plays out with the spasms and that injection and what's going on there. But we, I guess we won't know until game day. No, uh, no true. Uh, on the flip side for Melbourne, Nick Meaney had delayed symptoms from that concussion, so they've ruled him out. Munster goes back to one, and they've called back in young Jonah Pezzett. So he jumps into the halves with Jerome Hughes. Also in the reserves is Sua Farlogo, a young fullback who uh, played very well during the trials. I don't know if they would take that sort of a move in this situation for a debut when they've seen what Pezzi can do already with Hughes and Munster there, I think that's probably the better option for now. But I think we'll see him at some stage. Nelson, Pappenhausen, still a couple of weeks away for the time being. Um, and the bench is as it was last week. Garlic, McDonald, Eisenhuth, who I thought was really good, and Sims. So uh, these used to be very competitive and very physical games. A, a lot's passed since then in terms of the players that are at Manly and Melbourne. Mm. But uh, of what we saw last week, I have to go with Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. And you'd think, again, if their edges are anything like they were, Harper's going to see a lot of Justin Olam. And then on the flip side of the field, on the right, Hughes, Katoa, they've been combining nicely. Munster, been able to free flow. They're going to jump on that side of the field and test out that edge again as well. So they don't hold down the middle. They think Penrith had a good crack at them last week. They'll certainly see plenty from uh, this team as well this week. They will. Um, Interesting to see Munster back at one. I think he's been very influential playing in the six, but I think Pezzett's shown with his kicking game what he can contribute. Defensively, you can probably go at him, but he certainly doesn't shirt the task, but he's, he's pretty handy in terms of what he can do um, up in the front line. So yeah. probably, like I said, for now, the best option for them. And <clears throat> looking at the odds, we're both on the storm. Bluebet.com.au agrees. They're $1.55 favorite. Manly, 245 minus four and a half is the line there. Moving on to Warriors-Cowboys, 3 p.m. at Mount Smart Stadium. Those changes, like we talked about, Tamari Martin, Wade Egan, both out. So Freddie Lusick into nine. Dylan Walker named it six for now, but I think Volkman will come in from the reserves soon, but we'll have to wait and see. Taylor Harris has been named again at lock, but the last two weeks that hasn't been the case, so we'll have to wait see what happens there as well. Um, and a lot of talk about Dallin Patinza-Lesniak, who returned in cup last week with a four-try haul, but... Uh, their wingers Kossi and particularly Montoya have been rock solid so far so 
think it's going to take a, a few weeks or a few bad games for either of them to move out for the time being. And on the Cowboys side of things, very good timing to get back Jeremiah Nenai, but unfortunately Griffin Neem, who would have been very handy for their middle stocks, he's now out for two months with a throat injury. So things aren't getting much better. Murray Tualagi is back early. Brendan Elliott is out of the side also. Another hole um, probably that needed to be filled. But like Cotter, I'm not sure if he's underdone, but yeah, I think Cotter, done. You're looking at their middle rotation price. You know, Tanoa Brown, even with the troops that they're missing, Barnett would be a handy inclusion, but I think if Tohu plays, Fanua Blake, what they've been getting out of Jazz, Walker, etc. through that middle part of the field, I think they might be able to uh, punch some holes in the Cowboys at the moment. So, I think you're right. Yeah, at home, I'm, I'm not confident. Again, Egan's a big out and the way he's been playing and obviously Martin as well, but I think I'm going to get the Warriors at home. Yeah, this is a hard one. It is hard. I just think they've been more consistent. Their Didn't they? They there. smacked them earlier in the year over at, up in North Queensland, maybe round two. Did they? They played, yeah. They the, the Warriors beat them in North Queensland. Yeah, I'll go Warriors. I don't remember. They already played, have they? Yeah. So I have a lot of teams that are playing this I week. know there was a couple. Well, we know, obviously, that you guys played the Dragons. Yeah. Already. Um, but yeah. The odds on that one with <laughs> bluebet.com.au... The Warriors slight favourites at the moment, a dollar eighty-five. The Cowboys a dollar ninety-five, minus one and a half is the line there. Newcastle, as you said, have been very tough, and that crowd was good the other night at McDonald Jones. They're going to need to be there again. They're up against the Panthers this week. Uh, a reshuffle for them. Tyson Gamble has moved into the six jersey on his return. Phoenix Crossland goes into nine for Braley, who's now out for the season. Um, so a couple of changes there. Matt Croker. Looks like he's back in at the number 13 uh, after a leg injury last week. And for Penrith, they are unchanged. Liam Martin is included in the reserves, as is Luke Garner. Uh, but I don't think Garner will be getting a look in. If anything, if they bring Liam Martin back, if he's healthy to go, I think Sorensen probably goes back to the bench and Lindsay Smith makes way. And they probably roll with uh, Sorensen and Lenu as their middle rotation. And they've got Semin there, who they've rolled in. They probably... Give Martin an early spell, not to overcook his minutes and give him yeah. some time. But makes sense. I think Newcastle, while they've been brave, uh, this is obviously another level up. So definitely going with the Panthers. But I'd just be interested in the fight too. they put up. If yeah. they anything like they've been the last few weeks, it should at least be a good tussle. But it's, I guess it's just going with them for 80 minutes, like we used to say about Melbourne all the time. If you're not there the whole time, it doesn't take long for them to blow the doors off you. Absolutely. Um, and certainly a test for their edges. Best last week. Saw Pompey go past him a few times. I think Crichton played his best game last week. He's been pretty quiet to start the year. That's a a decent matchup for him on that side of the field with Nath coming at him as well. Mm. So interesting mm. how that one plays out. Mm. And you've got the Knights with bluebet.com.au. $5 outsiders. Penrith are $1.17. Minus 15.5 is the line there. Titans in the Derby up against the Broncos. The change is there. Toby Sexton. Fractured his wrist, so he's out. Kieran Foran has been named to make his return. He's straight into the halves with Tanner Boyd. Jane Campbell stays at fullback uh, in terms of any other changes there. West Tigers, former prop Thomas McKayley, who's been at Warrington. They've just brought him back. He's straight onto the bench along with Cruz Leeming. So two Super League players into the mix. Bang, bang. And for the Broncos, Flegler's out after that failed HIA last week. Corey Jensen 
starts in the front row. Coben Heatherton joins the bench for his first game of the year after that ruptured bicep. Other than that, there is no changes for the Broncos. I'll go the Broncos because I expect me too <clears throat> a bit of bounce back. But if you guys have the fight you had last week, yeah, um, it'd be good to watch. And in particular, we always know Tino leads from the front, but the way Dave was getting loose on that left edge, you know, running, passing, the way he engaged, Sammy helping out a little bit and, and bringing a bit of spark and Jaden Campbell, like if they get into a bit of a gunfight, this could be a fair score. Yeah. Because I don't think they're going to try and win the game, obviously, the way the Raiders did last week. It's true. But it, this could be 60-plus points if they get loose. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Broncos got a little bit more resilience in them and bluebet.com.au agrees they're a $1.28 favourite. Titans, 370 outsiders, 11.5 is the line there. If you want some points, Raiders, Dragons, like we said, used to be the cursed game. Uh, down at GI, 2 p.m. And we've got a couple of changes, big ins for the Raiders. They get Jack White back from suspension in the halves. Joe Tarpany back on deck after missing last week for the birth of his child. Nick Kotrick, great timing with Rapana missing with that nasty facial and head injury that he got there. And Jared Kroger holds his spot. I think he's seven games away from his 300th. So some timely ins for them to return home for the Dragons. Zane Musgrove comes in for Frank Francis Muller, who I'm pretty sure about three weeks took a guilty play, and I think that was his third charge. So no surprises there. And Tau Tau Moga gets a start on the wing with Makali Ravalawa out with a hamstring injury. So that's a big blow. Huge. He's been very good for them. Tau Tau... Um, Obviously, a veteran now. Debuted 18-year-old Roosters. Had some horrid injury luck, but yeah. Um, Back in. For everything for Canberra right now. Canberra. At home, Just 2 back. p.m., couple of players in. You've got a team coming down off a hard loss. Talk about their coach again this week. couple of injuries. They have to make this one stick, mm-hmm. and in a big way, as far as I'm concerned. If they bring the attitude they had last week and had back in those key players, probably their best middle, their best half or OB player. Yeah. And another handy man in terms of yardage and Kotrick, if he's good to go. Um, look out for Papa and Tarpany up against this Dragon's middle. They could mm. be doing big willy style, getting jiggy with it. I think you might be so, right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. See what happens with the green machine and bluebet.com.au agrees. $1.48 are the Raiders, the Dragons. 265 minus six and a half is the line. And to close out the round, 4 p.m. at Combank Stadium, Eels Dogs. Should be a good one, I think, this one. Uh, Paulo comes back, big in after a lean few weeks. Weir McGregor goes back to the bench. Murchie out of the 17. Um, obviously getting him back in with Lane and Madison, like I said, getting back to probably their best version of their starting pack. And for the Dogs, huge additions and well-needed. Tavita Pungai Jr., first game this year. He's in at prop after missing the first six weeks. Kikau is back from concussion stand-down. And Ray Fatalamara also back from his stand down for concussion at a car six to eight weeks with that ankle surgery Braden Burns gets a shot on the wing I I like Burns I thought they might have gone for Skelton to be honest what I've seen in Cup thought they might have tried to bring in a big body to try and help out considering they've been a bit lean yep. not to say Burns can't do that job but I, I certainly think they can use some help um, just with some more physicality he's been pretty good in the games I've seen yeah so not for now uh, first opportunity goes to him, and they've also got Ockenbaugh back in on the bench after his suspension with Waddell, Sutton, and Reynolds holds that utility spot. Oluapu's been 18th man almost every week. Mm. Uh, I know he's been playing down in cup, but yeah, and Sam Hughes after his debut 
drops out. I think this one will be closer than what people expect with what they've got back in because I think they've certainly been tough, but I think Paulo's big in at I Combank. Tip, um, I want to tip the dogs. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. Honestly, I don't. I, I think I just don't trust Pungai off longest since out. His minutes aren't great at the best of time, so maybe a bit of a light week for him. Uh, I'm just interested to see what happens though, having a few bigger bodies back for them because the effort's certainly been there. Yeah. Uh, but Paulo in, I think, is a huge, huge in. Uh, they need needed him. Like uh, Campbell Yards had a big start there. Hopgood, it's been a big ask. First year, full-time, first grade. Uh, I think, yeah, back at para. A few questions asked, a bit swelling around them as well. They need to win this one. So I'll go the Eels, and I think that's the yeah, that's the only one we went opposite on. So the odds on this one with bluebet.com.au. Para are $1.44 favourite. The Dogs, $2.80. Good value if you like them there, and seven and a half start. So... Um, yeah, again, the last few years, last year they weren't expected to beat them. They dusted them by forty, I think, when I went to watch Vaughn play. Yeah, at the stadium. So they seem to always struggle with ones that people do expect them to win. Like I said, Tigers, Dogs have had a real calling card on the last few years. Anytime they've had good form and they've been down the doldrums, hasn't seemed to matter. So Parramatta, let's see what you got. There you go. That wraps us up. Big thank you to bluebet.com.au. Hopefully, like I said, a charity win, $468.32 in the account. Let's see if we can bank a fifth winner in a row. But do remember, what are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit thegamblinghelpline.org.au. Box, who you got on the weekend? You had a, you had a good win last week. Good win, yeah. You beat Penrith. Really, really good. They're still a very good side despite what they've lost. Yeah. So defending premiers, a couple of injuries this week without giving anything away. Obviously, that means probably a couple who aren't going to be there with you this week. And you play the Warriors. I play the Warriors on Sunday. Yeah, They've been Black's pretty team. bloody good in cups so They've far. They've been good, but like we said before, their NRL's playing Saturday in New Zealand, which is probably going to help us. They'll probably have to keep a few that would normally play cup if they were in Australia or playing at the same venue. So that will hopefully. Bode in our favour, yeah, it's it's hard to know what's going on with NRL, but NRL play Friday, so that'll also help us as well. So mm. um, anyone that doesn't play will be available to you. Hopefully. So it just depends like at the moment with the injuries. Yeah, well, a couple of injuries they might hold. Well he's not. He's not. To his credit, he's not holding anyone. He hasn't held anyone really all well, year. Well it's good because you need your guys also playing footy, otherwise they're underdone. Yeah, but there's that natural inclination when you start to get a few injuries to want to hold on to guys and mm. To his credit there, he's not, mm. um, which is unreal for us. But, yeah, we had a plan to, to unsettle Penrith and um, we certainly wanted to put it on him and score some points and play sort of a different style of footy, which, you know, for, a, yeah, a, a long while in that game, we were able to do that. I've uh, got some ideas on in and around how I think you can you can beat Penrith or things that are sort of unsettled the way that they play and some of them worked some of them didn't some of them were able to execute some we we didn't but it was yeah it was a really really tough win um, we had some injury problems and some things happened during the game so well Sipley and Woods were two of your better players they've obviously been caught up this week they've been named in the NRL squad Jake yeah, Toby so. uh, Handy and Matto had a good game at Matto six. was unreal I said one of his best work. games. I've coached him now for two and a half years. He was, um, he was great. That's probably the best game I've ever seen him play, yeah. Particularly cool. at six. Like, he really struggled when he was at Mount East to play six because he felt as though he needed to be a half. He needed a pass. But 
know, with Dargan there game for is, free him up to run. Yeah, just but you just need to play to your strengths, right? Doesn't no, matter he's, who, a, doesn't he's matter a runner and he's physical. Doesn't matter who's the other half. You and need to be able to. The best part of his pass what do you or bring his offload the game? comes off his running anyway. Naturally, not him yeah, pre-line. So. Uh, he was good. Um, um, I still think again. I know a couple of injuries at the moment. Ford's probably not the area they're looking, but I still don't think he'd look at a place in first grade. No, no. That's just my opinion. Yeah, he could, he could uh, handle it. He's a good footballer. One more thing I forgot for bluebet.com.au. If your team leads by six points or more at halftime, get paid up to $100 maximum in winnings. Your first head-to-head bet. Terms and conditions apply. Excludes South Australia and others. Gamble responsibly. There you go. And also... Bugger all the championships on the weekend. The golf. <laughs> No, I watched all the Masters. Like I like, it's probably the only week of the year I watch golf, uh, and I watched yeah hours and hours of golf to the point where my wife was looking at me strangely. Um, no, the racing at Ramwick on Saturday because oh, we played it bloody. I didn't watch any of it. Three o'clock, whatever it was. So we had to be there at midday and didn't see any of it. So I had a win for our punters club, but everyone else backs the horses. I only back footy. Yeah. So was any of those bets for the championship? I've got no idea. Oh, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I didn't really get to watch it. Well, I jagged the winner in that. I don't, I don't bet on anything I can't watch. So. I know. I, um, but I'm, I'm basically... Very quiet, very quiet, probably two months for me on the punt. Everyone's TV suggestions, mm. podcast, just, oh, that's been good. I watched The Night Agent, I told you before, on Netflix. Mm. That was good. Mm. I don't Anyone know. who got on into Succession, last night's episode was maybe the best episode of Succession I've ever seen. And you, unreal. you put me under power. I'm now up to date with every single one. There you go. So book one had all the extra seasons and all that, and I was like, I enjoyed this. So then I started watching all the others gradually, and then I didn't realise that none of them were finished. So now I'm bloody up to date. Yeah, I'm not. I'm stuck. So. There's dead ends on everything. So I just love Tommy. Tommy's, Tommy's a bad, bad man. His first season of his, I was so excited. I, by the yeah, end, I, I haven't seen it. I was laughing. I'm like, I bloody love you, Tommy. He's and, the best. Then they're like, oh, it's coming soon. I'm like, you got the season coming for everything. The best. None of them are out. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of shows I've been watching have finished, so... I'm, All the Yellowstones. Yellowstones apparently coming back mid-year. I don't know If anyone that is. has seen Air yet, the Nike movie, let me know. I've yeah. heard nothing but good things. I listened to Damon and Affleck on Simmons last week, which was a good combo. Talking about it. It's been rated highly. I'm hoping to go see it sometime this week. I missed Creed, so I'm going to have to watch that when it comes out on Amazon. I'm assuming it'll probably be on. Very slow week for me in regards to TV. I didn't watch any movies. Didn't start any new TV shows. Ted Lasso, if you're not into that, get onto it. Yeah, you and Dad always tell me that. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, of all people, it's a comedy show. It's up my alley. Yeah, it's... And yeah, I love Sudeikis. Sudeikis is a great actor. It's unreal. Him in Hall Pass is one of my all-time... I can't, I can't believe you haven't watched it. You're an imbecile. Anyone who's listening who hasn't watched Ted Lasso... Bang your head on a table. Well, there's another probably a shit comedy that's made by one man, Jason Sudeikis. Hall Pass is not a great It's also movie. the last season. Same as Succession. Well, Succession's going to be 39 episodes. So, I won't watch this, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso's going to be 30 episodes. I won't watch it until it's finished then, so I've got all of it to watch. You're a fool. And I'll be happy. In a waste of time. So you reckon I'd like Succession? Is it you, in my you probably, you probably wouldn't like Succession. Why is that? Because it's, yeah. What? You know what I still do watch, and it's just one of those things. It's like Brooklyn Nine-Nine for me. You don't watch that. It's a dumb comedy. I usually watch it when I go to bed. That's more why you wouldn't like it. Because I can fall. Yeah, but I do like serious shows. You know what I've been watching again, just slowly on the way through again? Sopranos for the third time. Yeah. 
I'm back just yeah. if every, you haven't seen The Sopranos again bang your head on the table when I'm doing prep for this or anything for work or finishing something up I'll sit there and I'll just put one in the background because I've seen most of it and I'm still finding things throughout that I've maybe missed or forgot about and I'm, I'm like, surprised no one's messaged inboxed about that Sky documentary the F1 documentary that's like shocking which it's, one's that again did you say it was Vil, Villeneuve Peroni how do I watch you say Sky what's uh, Sky UK that's why I haven't documentary. seen it didn't even know it existed yeah I told that was the VPN. Did you read that article week. we got sent earlier from Luke about Gunter and Schumacher? Yeah. It cost yeah. them like $3 million in smash cards. <laughs> if anyone hasn't watched Drive Survive yet, you don't know who Gunter is, seriously. Totally fucked. Gunter's like the whole reason I kept watching that show. I really enjoyed the show, but Gunter on his own was absolutely just He prime. is the king. And you don't slam my fucking door. Okay, you tell him. Oh, Gene, I get to the bottom of this Gene. These drivers, they act like fucking rock stars and a bunch of wankers. I don't want to hear. I don't <laughs> And I still love the fact now that he got Nico Hulkenberg in now with Kevin Magnussen because the first season has just shown the clip of how much they hate each other. Yeah. When he's like, you're a real jerk. And he's like, suck my balls. <laughs> so I think he's doing now, yeah. teammates because Gunter does just not care. He's like, I need someone. He won't fucking crash the car on a safe lap. So I've got Nico Hockenberg. <laughs> it's the best line ever. And then when the Russian guy leaves him, and that, that's my still my favourite line of all time. No more Russians for as long as I live. <laughs> I don't want to see another fucking Russian. Never again in this lifetime. No fucking Russians. Fair enough too. So keep them coming if you're out there. If you've got a good movie or an underrated comedy, I've seen some stuff up there. TV shows, pods, books. Always uh, keen to get onto something new. So there you go. Brock's on the succession bandwagon. I might have to have a start. I still haven't watched Yellowstone, even though you've told me a hundred times. Oh, idiot. You have to watch it in order. Does it matter? You just watch Yellowstone season one, watch it all the way through, and then go watch the spin offs. The spin offs, yeah. You're better off watching the spin offs when you're up to date with Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Okay. Yeah. So there you go, everyone. Yeah. That's where we're at this week. Yeah, nuffies. Good round of footy. Like we said, Redcliffe. Uh, versus South Wayne the Wayne train up against one of his former clubs Rooster Sharks two teams in contending can Melbourne uh, sorry can Manly turn up this week against Melbourne and have one of those old school wars Brisbane Derby or Queensland Derby Titans Broncos the old reverse curse Raiders Dragons Eels Dogs uh, good weekend of football hopefully again yep. fingers crossed but for now that's it thank you bluebet.com.au Bet with anyone, do it with them, support us and our charity account. Toby and the team there at Sinclair Hyundai, let them get you moving. Corner of York Road and Batch Street, Penrith, SinclairHyundai.com.au and the Penrith Solar Center Power Rankings back. Jake and the team there, there's no one better. 1800 20 or PenrithSolar.com.au. Their showroom is outstanding. He's got a training center, everything there. Um, if you're interested or want to learn more about your system or how to maximize your system, there's no one better. Visit them at 138 Bat Street, Jamison Town. Brock, good luck on the weekend. I'll yeah. hopefully be getting out there on Sunday. Watch you play the Warriors. Good luck to I've got a couple of good kids that I'd like to see in the flesh. They're yep. in, actually, a few of them are named in their squad, so they'll have to cut them beforehand, hopefully. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. To confirm yeah, whether I, I get to watch them or not. Plus a few injuries and... So, a bit, bit going on. I'll have to uh, see what happens with their cuts. That's the reserve day grade. Reserve grade. New South Wales Cup is very much. Yeah, who's playing where? Where? Where yeah, are the where two teams? Is. What days? Turn around, travel. Who's injured? Who's not injured? 
Yeah, whoever, a lot whoever of they, moving parts. Yeah, whoever they have on their their final cuts, those last two, none of them are traveling to play you on Sunday. That's not happening. No, you wouldn't think so. so. Wait and see who that is. But for now, best of luck for the weekend, mate, and for everybody out there. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on! Give us more! Give us more! Where are you going? Where? What, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.